Hello, and welcome back to Under the Kotatsu. I'm your host, Austin, joined, as always, by Danielle and Danny. Hello. Hello. Um, we are here to watch another anime. We're done with Bebop, um, finally, and we're watching the first six episodes of Ping Pong the Animation uh, this week. Um, before we get started, let's uh, go around and see what everybody is drinking today. I am... Once again, drinking some more coffee I made in my air press, but I have a burr grinder of my own now, and that is a pain in the ass to use, but make some good coffee. Is it, uh, do you say it's manual? Yeah, it's a manual one. Hmm. So, it's definitely a pain, because you need, like, finer grounds for the air press. Yeah, um, does it have, like, the little knob that you can use to, like, adjust the grind size? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, my grinder's okay. It's all right. I don't use an air press, though, so I'm not super picky. I'm having the the haute cuisine that is uh, Sprite from McDonald's with some Fruit Loop vodka in there. Wait. Yeah. Um. Mhm. What, what makes it What makes it Fruit Loop flavored? It, it, it tastes like Fruit Loops. I don't know how they do it. They're not like, oh, it's Fruit Loop vodka, and then below that, it's like with hints of, you know, and whatever fruits, or just it just tastes like someone watered down Fruit Loops and then added some vodka to that. Honest to God, I don't know how they do it. Three olives, <laughs> if you'd like to sponsor us, we'll fucking take it. They have um, vodkas that just taste like, not even like watered down. It's like you're honest to God eating Fruit Loops. Huh. You can you can almost have the chunks of Fruit Loop in there. But now I've had I've had other vodkas from them that are all like you know they're all flavored and they say you know this is lemon and it's lemon. That's I mean that's more easy. But like they have other ones yeah. that are kind of more extravagant. But yeah, the Fruit Loop vodka is very interesting, but and it doesn't go with much, but I think it goes really well with Sprite, just because it's already sweet. It's like you're drinking uh, liquefied Fruit Loops. And specifically uh, McDonald's Sprite. Yes. I, yes. It's like when you read like a recipe for a mixed drink, and they're very specific about the kinds of, like, like the brand of liqueurs you use and stuff like that. I've and done must that. must be. I've read McDonald's that, like, kind of recipe before. And I was like, man, they're really like really pressing for such and such brand. And then I look up and realize that the the website I'm on is that brand's website. I'm like, oh, I see. That's why you want me to use Bacardi specifically. Oh, okay. That's why every item on this recipe had a link to it. <laughs> exactly. I am uh, drinking a cup of coffee. Uh, I saved one. I made like multiple cups of coffee a couple hours ago. I had the first two while I watched some anime and did some dishes, and then I was like, well, I want this third cup now, but I'm going to save it for when we record the podcast. Uh, luckily, I invested a couple of months ago in a really nice um, uh, like coffee craft, uh, and shit keeps warm like all day long. It is so mm. nice. Um, so I don't have to worry about how old this coffee is, because it's just as hot as when I made it. Um, but yeah, I'm glad we're all snuggled in with our beverages of choice uh, yeah, fruit, hopefully fruit loop water and all or <laughs> fruit loop vodka and all. <laughs> yeah hopefully i uh i'm not trash by the end of the episode but i mean i, I definitely took an edible during the recording of our first episode so you're fine hell yeah <laughs> not sure if y'all noticed makes, that but <laughs> well i was gonna say if it makes you feel better or worse i i would not have noticed so yeah no i, I had no idea <laughs> you, you hide all according well. to plan all right. Um, well, we'll get into it. Uh, since we're starting a new anime before we start with the first episode, uh, I figured we'd do what we did for uh, Bebop and kind of talk about you know everybody's relationship with the show, since I'm pretty sure it's pretty different for everybody. Um, I will start, because I feel like I have 
the most of a like a pre-existing relationship with the show uh however many years ago the show's like eight years old now so probably like seven years ago uh i was actually hanging out with danielle and she put on like the first two or three episodes of it we watched it and i was like oh this is really good and a couple months later i decided to finish it on my own and fell in love with it um and then recently i have read the manga as well that it's based off of which i also quite like um, and so I'm kind of going into this as both a rewatch of the anime and rewatching it with like the manga, uh, kind of under my belt now. Uh, but what about, uh, y'all? Um, those few episodes I've watched with you were about all I saw. Um, I did enjoy it when we were watching it, but I just, uh, never got around to finishing it for whatever reason. So like, I've obviously had a copy of it on my computer for quite a while. I just never got around to it. Yeah, no, I am. I've never seen it before. But, um, so I lived with Austin in undergrad, like, god, seven years ago or whatever. So I definitely heard about it from them, and they spoke highly of it, and I never watched it. <laughs> I just didn't. Um, I had a copy of it on my computer for the longest time, and it just kind of fell through the gaps. So when it came time to, uh, choose a, an anime to follow up Bebop, I wanted to do something that was kind of far removed, and one that I had never, like a genre that I don't really get into a lot, in this case, sports anime. Because uh, generally, I like the same kind of anime as uh, Danielle, you know, like Slice of Life and all that. So I wanted to go with one that was a little more uh, sports-driven, and one that I knew was going to be good. Um, I know there are other ones that are very popular, but popular does not always mean good. Plus, I really like the director of this one, um, Masaki Yusa, um, who did other works such as Devilman Crybaby and The Night is Short, Walk On Girl. So, And uh, animation for a million uh, Crayon Shinchan movies. <laughs> as I'm scrolling through his, his, Wiki, or not his Wikipedia page, his my anime list page. Uh, yeah, uh, dude is a, a legend. Um, I think most people have probably seen or heard of Devilman Crybaby. He did uh, work on Space Dandy as well, amongst a bunch of other things. Uh, the other one I guess people probably know really well is uh, Tatami Galaxy. Yeah, that's the one I'm personally the most familiar with. Yeah, um, and uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I got to say about just the show at large before we uh, dig into it, but I guess we can start, and then I'm sure I'll have a lot to say as we work through the episodes. Um, but we'll start with episode one, which is called uh, The Wind Makes It Too Hard to Hear. Enter Pekko and Smile, two first-year members of the Kadase High School table tennis team. Smile, ironic to his name, is reserved and emotionless. He is often matter-of-fact in how he talks to others, sometimes, uh, or something his upperclassmen despise. Nevertheless, he is a talented player, earning him a starting spot as a first-year and the recognition of Kadase's coach, Koizumi, who seems to recognize some hidden potential in Smile. Then there's Pekko. Pekko is in many ways not like Smile. He's carefree, loud, and cocky. His larger-than-life personality earns him the ire of his teammates, uh, but it appears that he has the skills to back it up. Pekko neglects practice and believes his natural talent allows him to skip the hard work uh, that other players require. He has aspirations to one day become a pro player in Europe, putting the Tamara table tennis hall that he spends much of his time at on the map as the place that produced such a star player. One day at practice, Pekko convinces Smile to skip with him to visit Sujido Academy, whose new transfer student, Wang Kong, is an ex-Chinese national team member who's been recruited by Sujido, hoping his skills will rub off on their players. 
Overhearing an impromptu match between Peko and Smile in the Sujido gym, Wong challenges Smile to a match, feeling that Smile is drastically pulling his punches against Peko. Peko, eager to play the celebrity of a player, insists on a match when Wang or on a match with Wang instead. Peko is completely skunked by Wang, showing that there might be something more to table tennis than just raw talent. So yeah, I think this is a really good first episode. Uh, yeah, no, I also really thought it was a good episode. I have a feeling I'm going to be, like, a bit out of my depth this entire episode, being, like, so unfamiliar with uh, sports anime cliches and tropes and everything. So, fair warning, probably not going to have a ton to say, but I did love the episode as a whole. Yeah, um, so I think some things to maybe lay out about the source material is that, um, uh, so the, the manga Ping Pong is written by uh, Taiyo Matsumoto, uh, he is not the kind of mangaka that would normally be writing a sports anime or sports manga. And so a lot of the story comes from someone who is writing in a genre that they don't very much like appreciate the tropes and cliches of trying to find like a story that they feel comfortable telling in that. And so in a lot of ways, like it's like part of the reason why the sport that he chooses is ping pong is because it is like this one on one sport. Like obviously there's team dynamics to it um, and relationships between players in that way. But ultimately, you know, on the court, it's one versus one. And so it just inherently lends itself to a lot of interpersonal drama in a very kind of way that's specific to the sport. So I think it's maybe fine to not go into this knowing a ton of sports cliches just because uh, or sports anime cliches because it's kind of it sits outside that a bit. I wouldn't say it's like trying to subvert those or anything like that. Um, it's we just don't use way the more... D word around here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but it's definitely like it's coming from a much different place than your typical um, sports anime. And so his manga feels very fresh at the time that it came out, and even still today. And then the anime felt very fresh at the time because it, you know just sits outside of a lot of the typical conventions uh, that the sports anime have. For the record, my sports anime uh, repertoire extends to Yuri and Ice, which arguably, I mean, yes, it's about a sport, but it's like mm-hmm. also more about like the people uh, and Yu-Gi-Oh, which <laughs> it, let's, let's face it, it's, it's a sports anime. So yeah, I don't know. Is it bad that they don't give a long explanation about everything that goes into, like, what does a long pip mean? I, you know, whatever. I don't know or, or care, but I, I did think that this is just like such a good hit the ground running kind of episode. You know, it explains everyone's kind of gimmick, not to make them sound like they're one dimensional, but like it kind of lays everything out. You know that Peko is exactly like you said, and like very cocky, very, oh, I'm sure my natural talent and kind of underlies with um, smile. In a way that, you know, is a little cliche, like the, oh, he's quiet and, and robotic, but secretly he's like an inner turmoil of whatever. But it doesn't, like, fall too hard onto that, which is nice. Well, and also we get more about that in later episodes, but yeah. it's like, you know, you know, kind of something that's defined him uh, since he was young and also defines, like, his relationship with Smile, which definitely, like, pays off further and further mm-hmm. uh, as we get into the show. Um, so, yeah, that that is a bit uh, cliche. I definitely thought of kind of... Um, uh, Sangatsu no Lion in terms of, you know, like someone who's really talented, but also really kind of like self-isolated. Yeah. Um, okay. I was thinking of that too, but I didn't want to be like, that's <laughs> one of the few sports anime I've seen. <laughs> so I'm yeah. immediately going to associate it. <laughs> Good to know it's not just me with my like yeah. uh, unfamiliarity. Well, and I would say to help both of you out, like Yuri on Ice and Sangatsu no Lion are both like very similar shows in that it's like the sport is kind of the like structure that all the drama hangs off of right Mm -hmm. like Danny talking about all the pips and stuff like that like 
I know a little bit about like pro ping pong, but not enough to know, you know, like the intricacies of like what the different like styles of rackets do and stuff like that. But it's mostly just there. So that way you understand like the context in which the characters are like arguing with each other or talking with each other um, and not so that you have like this really intricate understanding of the sport after you finish watching an episode or whatever. Um, Sagatsuno Line is pretty similar with how it treats like the rules of Shogi, which is even more complicated. Um, and Yuri on Ice is kind of similar in how it um, treats you know figure skating. What do you mean like a song, however many episodes in, isn't enough of an explanation for how Shogi works? For the un- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uninitiated. Mm-hmm. To remember correctly too, that's like in the second season too. Like it's pretty yep, late. It's into, way the fuck out the there. Show. I do love that every character, both when they're introduced and occasionally just when they feel like it, they have like a title card essentially where it's a mm-hmm. frame of their face and then a bunch of shit comes on the screen um yeah. saying their their grip type their like like are they offensive defensive chopper etc cetera, etc cetera, all of which just washed over me mm-hmm. but i'm glad i know now that oh he uses long pips or oh he's a chopper yeah. oh very exciting well that's the thing it's like it's mostly to serve for you to at least like know like hey you might not know what it means when they call someone a chopper but when you see it in someone's uh like character card and then someone later goes like where's that chopper or whatever like you know who they're talking about yeah. or those character cards change over time right like after we go through the the inner high tournament like character cards will then say like where they placed after the the tournament and stuff like that yeah um, or when um later on you're jumping to episode six or so five when demon or akuma however you want to call them mm-hmm. l- like learns how to do the like is learns how to chop essentially and he's like, oh, like it look, it looks like shit, but you know, I can do it now or something like that. I think it's Akuma who does it. I'm not doing uh, His name, his so his name is Sakuma, and they call him Akuma, Akuma, which is demon in the subtitles. Right, right. But I mean, I I think it's him who learns how to do the chop later because he wants to mm-hmm. chop like Smile does. At, yeah, after he's given up on, or I guess kicked off the table tennis team. Yeah, but. and that's like it's like oh, like that's what a chop explicitly is because a lot of the times when Smile does it, it's like in the middle of a bunch of other things. So he'll do like eight things and then like, oh, he like, what a great chopper. And you're like, wait, which part? <laughs> yeah, which the manga does give a little bit more to some of that stuff, like the, the actual rules of ping pong. It spends a little bit more time with that. But for the most part, it's pretty similar in that like ultimately it, it doesn't matter. Like it's it's there. So it like so it respects the sport and it's not just like made up rules or anything like that. But mm-hmm. it's also not like the point of the story. Going back to the title cards real quick, um, mm-hmm. I was watching mm-hmm. the Kami release, and of course, um, they do excellent typesetting in this, and I, like, especially on the title cards, because <laughs> I I wonder what the official release looks like for those, actually. I'm not sure if either of y'all were watching the official release. Uh, no, I was watching Kami's release as well. Um, I believe the official release is quite bad, um, the official Blu-ray. I was actually <laughs> looking through old tweets of mine talking about ping pong, and at one point that Funimation Blu-ray was like on sale for pretty cheap, and I was just like, I don't even know if it's worth that. <laughs> um, which actually it's out of stock now, which hopefully that means someone like Discotech will pick it up and put out a better better release. But still, I don't think you can get much better than, than Kami's. Um, fan sub release it's really good i assume that's what we were all watching uh, yeah i was watching whatever you were watching because you gave me my mm-hmm. copy so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what i thought um but yeah the, the typesetting is really good especially like at the beginning um which i think is kind of an important scene to kind of uh, maybe talk about where there's this kind of reoccurring motif about um smile kind of awaiting the arrival of like a hero mm-hmm. um and hard for me to talk about it knowing where that all goes and not kind of 
remembering how much is revealed in these episodes, but definitely a good deal of that is revealed that, you know, like it's, it's part of his relationship with Pecco, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, it, it's, it's really awesome how they get right out there with that because it is developed so heavily over the, the six episodes, the stuff with, you know, uh, Smile imagining uh, this, you know, ping pong hero, this champion yeah. or whatever that's going to save him. And also just, I guess, important to bring up um, the animation style in the, the series. So it's a lot different than typical anime, especially 2014 anime when this came out. The, you know, the line work is, is super loose. The animation is really kind of uh, fluid and um, uh, kind of uh, fluid, but also jagged at times. Like it's, it's kind of all over the place. Um, I think it does a really good job of replicating the style of the manga while mm. also relying on the inherent strengths of animation to kind of do more with that style. Um, uh, Yuasa does all of the storyboards for the episodes, um, and they're incredible. And he does a really good job of borrowing framing and borrowing, again, just the overall style from Matsumoto's manga, but then finding ways to use animation to uh, kind of achieve some of the effects that, that Matsumoto is able to get across just by kind of like, you know, the way manga is paced. Um, so I just think like the animation is unbelievably good and specifically in those sequences when smiles, imagining the hero, all of that is just like really, um, well executed. Um, so it's always nice when those, those moments crop up. They even essentially have manga panels in the anime, Mm -hmm. you know, like where it'll go right to left, boom, 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 or, or kind of go up, up and down the page or whatever. Um, Yeah. Or even sometimes kind of out of order, just, you know, uh, kind of mm-hmm. squaring out the frame yeah, with yeah. different uh, interstitials. It made me think of, and this is, this is fucking heresy, and I'm sorry for it now, <laughs> but it made me think of adults, not, okay. Okay, you're going to say, please continue, because I was actually thinking the same thing, and you're, you're not. It reminded me of like adult swim cartoons, like the, the, the cartoon home movies, which was like very, very loose pencil drawings that were mm-hmm. like colored in, except this is done like well, whereas those look like dog shit. These ones are actually like, because those are typically just like people moving their mouth up and down and they're drawn very mm-hmm. like boxy and, you know, whatnot. This is like actual talent behind it. Um, yeah. Reminds me of an old, I think it was a tweet that was like, why is it that Western animation seems like they just want to look as ugly as possible compared to uh, Japanese animation? Because um, even when this is stylized, it's still really fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. The thing that's got me all excited is, um, and. Danielle, you might know this, uh, but um, this might blow your mind, Danny. Uh, <laughs> you know what uh, Ping Pong has in common with a lot of Adult Swim animated shows? No. I don't know if home movies is, is, this is true about home movies, but it's definitely true about uh, many from kind of early era Adult Swim uh, original cartoons, is um, they used Flash for Ping Pong. Fuck off, what? Oh, I, don't think, I, don't th- I don't think it's entirely animated in Flash, but specifically any of the scenes where there's like long zoom outs or zoom ins um or kind oh, of any wow. kind of interesting like rotoscoping and stuff going on they used flash specifically because it was easier to get those kinds of effects done than if they would have done it by more like traditional at the time uh means of animation so some cool demos you can check out um maybe if i remember i'll put a link in our episode description for people to check out but there's videos you can find of um i think yuasa himself showing off um some of the uh kind of like in program work that they did in flash to achieve those effects and it's really impressive and it just kind of goes to show like flash is just a tool a tool you can use so you can get those like adult swim 
uh, cartoons that are done in Flash because they're really easy to produce or like new ground stuff that's done in Flash that again, just because it's easy to make in there. But also if you know how to use the tool, you can do some cool things in it that you can't do otherwise. Yeah, that's really neat. One other aspect of the animation that we haven't brought up yet that I also thought was really well done is how well the 3D models blended in with the 2D. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, like, I thought the, um, uh, yeah, just blending the 3D models in with the uh, 2D aesthetics worked super well on the show. Um, definitely a lot better than Bebop because you didn't have the uh, the um, the shots with the 3D just suddenly go down to 480p, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, to be fair, they are separated by, what, like, 15 years or something, or... 10 12 years mm-hmm. yeah it's like a combination of like computer tech just getting better and also like compositing artist being like a dedicated role on shows like that now so it, yeah, yeah there's a lot sure. more attention paid to blending the two uh mediums just really wanted to show attention to the compositing because it was really well done in my opinion mm-hmm. absolutely yeah no i'm glad you mentioned that because i completely left that out of my notes as many as i, mm-hmm. I did take it's just something i kind of took for granted watching it yeah i definitely remember i think I didn't make a note about it, but it definitely came to my mind like, wow, this looks better than Bebop. I mean, Yusa's stuff, all that I've seen, I've seen Devilman Crybaby, The Night of Short Walk on Girl, and, and now this. It's some of the only animation that I always see. And I'm like, wow, this feels so alive and vibrant. Um, it's, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't just feel like people talking on a page. It feels like, honest to God, like action and momentum. Like, it's kind of like this kinetic, visceral, kind of feeling to it that i always just love and it's very quirky too like it's not super serious like oh that third year who is always like ragging on um uh peko and and smile mm-hmm. and all the other first years his hair looks like fucking deer antlers or something like or or like a tree branch essentially and it's just so yeah. goofy uh, and i love it and his um his storyboards really shine with stuff like that where like a lot of the framing is intentionally made to make you laugh at how exaggerative some of those character designs are. Mm. Um, something I was wondering, going kind of going back to when we were talking about translations, um, I wonder, you know, in our case, fan subs, but maybe traditional or 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 official ones also. But um, so Kong's dialogue is entirely in 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 Chinese. Right. Up until episode, uh, I think, six. Right, yeah, yeah. He actually starts, like, teaching, doing the thing he was brought into yeah. Sujido to do. Yeah. Do, you, do y'all know, does it go, like, spoken Chinese to English? Or does it go Chinese, Japanese? Because they have the Japanese subtitles there. Because, I mean... Oh, the, like how it's translated? Translated, yeah. Do you know if it goes from one to another to another? Or do they just read... Because, you know, uh, the Japanese audience is not going to know what Kong's saying. Unless they speak it as well, so they have the Japanese subtitles on the screen. Do they go from that to the English subtitles, or do they go from the original vocal line to subtitles? I would assume it's being translated into English from the Japanese. Yeah, um, that's I what don't I thought for sure. Too. But that that would make the most sense to me. Yeah, uh, rather than have a, a separate editor or a translator, I guess. Yeah, yeah. From the very limited amount of Chinese uh, I know, it does seem like a lot of his lines are very simple. Um, yeah. So they're probably very easy for them to have translated into Japanese in the first place, or I guess the script would have been written in Japanese, and then someone would have had to mm. translate that to Chinese for his voice lines. So I imagine there's not a whole lot of weird things going on between those intertranslations, but that's definitely interesting. I hadn't um, thought about that. I also love that the 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 teacher, who I absolutely adore, mm. just speaks English. You mean so his the, his Chinese? 
coach. No, 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 no. Sorry. I mean the though I do love the his the coach because of how uh he translates you know Kong is being a dick and he's like, Oh, sorry, he means mm-hmm. that he won't be available until later or something like that. But I mean yeah. um the the co- smiles like teacher. Oh, Koizumi. Koizumi. How he just speaks English every so often and yeah. not in like an exaggerated way. He'll just like say just like a one off line, you're like, What? <laughs> well, when we get, uh, I think in episode two, we learned that he's the school's English teacher. So it makes a whole yeah. lot of sense that he's just going around every other word <laughs> speaking English. <laughs> yeah, which I love. I mean, we'll get in, I will get into it later. But yeah, no, in the, I wrote down that the ending is kind of weirdly cozy. You know, it's after uh, Pekko has been, you know, soundly defeated. And I think they're on like a train home or something. Um, mm. I don't know. I'm a, maybe I'm a sucker for it, but it just felt like weirdly like cozy. Like a nice, it left a nice taste in my mouth. It's a really great moment where they're on their way to Sujido and Smile's like, or Pekko's like, it's the oh, next, it the next stop, stop, yeah. And Smile goes, no, the next one. Um, and then they call uh, that back. repeats when they're heading home. That, yeah. That's probably also what kind of like, I love the kind of routine of just like, oh, it's, is it the next stop? No, the next one. Yeah. That's also just like a really interesting kind of like um, uh, invert on the energy as they're like heading to Sujido, like excited to check out the Chinese player and then heading back after Pekko's lost, um, mm-hmm. which uh, starts to affect him uh, going into the other episode. Yeah. Let's see. I wrote a lot of notes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's hard for me to, to know where I want to go next. I just think, um, I guess part of my reason why I was like, man, this is a really good first episode is I remember watching the first episode of Bebop and talking about it on Pockets, be like, oh, it's a, it's a good episode and how it sets up uh, you know, Jet and Spike as a character. I think this one blows Cowboy Bebop out of the water in terms of setting up its characters. Like, you know everything you need to know about both Pekko and Smile just out of this episode. And so, like, the rest of the show can just build off of what gets set up in this first episode for the two of them. Because um, there's all kinds of other characters in the show, but it's really about the two of them at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is just a, such a strong opening um, for the two of them. There's lots of little things that happen in this episode that will pay off by the end of the show um, that was really pleasuring to notice uh, having seen the show and read the, the manga before. Well, and especially because, you know, the, the next episode is directly related. Everyone kind of remembers what happened last episode. The characters are, you know, the way you expect them to be, not in a way that it's like, oh, they always react the same way. But, like, you kind of can get, like, a through line for each character. Like, oh, why is Pekko suddenly acting this way? Oh, it's because of what happened last episode. Like, there's there's more of a fulfilling kind of introduction compared to Bebop, where it's like, oh, I think Spike is definitely going to, like, always react this way, or, like, this is important to him, or same with Jet. And the next episode, like, oh, Jet decided to not take the money for Grandmaster Hex or something like that. It's like, what? You know, and obviously we're not talking about Bebop anymore, because... <laughs> that deed it, is it done. It is the ghost that will haunt this podcast. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's another Bruce Lee through line here. That's true. But I, I just think, yeah, it's such a good. Every, you know where everyone stands with each other. There is no ambiguity about it because you. I mean, you don't have to explain everything off the bat, but you can set up kind of more going on. You can set up why does smile like why is he so emotionless? Is that what he wants? You can set up those questions to be answered later, whereas there were no questions really in the first episode of Bebop. It was it was just, oh, Spike is cool. Yeah. I mean, this is both like you get a good sense of the characters and 
you have a mud, a bunch of questions about like where they're gonna go. Yeah, you know, for sure. Ending the episode on on Pecco getting served like a humiliating defeat that's gonna echo into other episodes, and then starting to get you know the realization from both uh, Kozumi and Wong um, realizing that like actually Smile is the better of of the two players. Uh, mm. He's just holding back, um, which I like that kind of stuff. I like the whole you know like. Oh, if he just if he just took off the training weights, he'd be able to go Super Saiyan or whatever. He's in the hyperbolic test chamber, goddammit. Yeah. I've actually got a I've got a couple notes that I'll save until we're finished with the show because like I said, there's some stuff in this episode specifically that I'm remembering reading back my notes that I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe that's in this episode because it, it'll pay off at the end. Um so I won't spoil it. Um but yeah, just really, really good stuff. And I like both of them as characters. Like, it's one thing to set up characters really well. It's another thing to actually be, like, interested in them. Um, I think they're both really fun and they um, play off each other really well. A lot of the characters in the show play off each other well. There's lots of interesting parallels and um, differences between all the different ping pong boys. Yeah, and you could very quickly fall into the kind of tangentially related, like, Manic Pixie Dream Girl idea of, like, Oh, it's like the emotionless one paired up with the one who's super quirky. Like that's a very time-honored, worn-out thing. And this one kind of toes like points towards that, but it's like not as simple as that. Like Pekko is not just like some unflappable like oh everything's a joke. Like I'm gonna bring Smile out of his shell or whatever. It's like no, like they're just yeah. kind of dissimilar people who like each other's company. <laughs> Uh, I think it like reads a lot different than that kind of thing, especially because there's no like romantic angle to it. Yeah. Like I think the uh, reserved one versus the very outgoing one works better in like a friendship type thing like this than absolutely your uh, manic pixie dream girl thing. Yeah. Uh, I like I, I think they've just got a really interesting dynamic that like it'd be so easy to write them where they're either like super buddy buddy kind of like what you're talking about, Danny, or where they're very antagonistic to each other. But we get all sorts of little moments where, like, you know, like, Pecco is voicing his frustration that Smile is just so robotic all the time, but then also, like, especially towards other people, like, shows a lot of respect for Smile. Uh, like, I think, like, in this episode, Pecco is, like, um, he's in the, the table tennis hall, and he's playing against somebody that, like, he's easily beating, and he's having way too much fun doing it, um, and his whole thing is like, oh, if I beat you, you have to call me Mr. Pecco. Um, and then the guy he's playing says something about Smile being, you know, super, you know, robotic and emotionless. Uh, and Pecco goes like, that's Mr. Smile to you. Right. Like little things like that. Like it's, it's nice that they have that kind of relationship where they can have some kind of, they can butt heads in a way, but at the same time they care about each other and respect each other a whole lot. Yeah. Cause there are tender moments from Smile towards Pecco as well. You know, like the whole, oh no, it's the next stop thing is, it's really cute kind of. Um, especially because it's repeated, but also when he's saying, like, if you don't like ping pong, you should just quit, he's not doing it in, like, a way where he's like, ah, just get out of here, you're not worth my time. He's like, genuine, like, don't waste your time with something you don't like. Like, it's like, oh, that's, like, really sound advice that, like, seems very, like, blunt, maybe, but at the same time, it's very kind of sweet. Yeah, and the way they're able to talk to each other like that, kind of, you know, matter-of-factly, without getting mad at each other, kind of speaks a lot to their uh, relationship and how long they've known each other yeah i know i've already mentioned it before but i think um i bolded this this is how strongly i felt about it that uh yuasa's storyboards are just out of fucking control especially in this first episode i think was the one that just floored me the most um but i think that's what like 
really pulls the entire production together is is the strength of um of that and also wanted to uh, we kind of skipped over it but the uh opening for the show uh, which features the song uh tada hitori by bakudan johnny which is a banger uh for sure uh, but the animation is really fucking good in the opening as well um which i wrote down i think it's at the end of my note uh who did the storyboard for that because i wanted to shout them out as well oh god i mean while you're looking for that one of my notes was how the fuck did i forget the opening was this good <laughs> Because it's just yeah. looks incredible. Like I, I don't. It think, really does. I mean, I, I feel like us talking about how good the animation is is going to be like a fucking common thing while discussing the show. And they just mm-hmm. want to tell everyone just watch the show just for how it looks at the very least because it's yeah, absolutely not really anything else out there like it. Yeah. Um. The so the Shinya uh, Ohira did the storyboarding, uh, directed and did some of the animation uh, for the opening. Uh, and it all just kicks so much ass. Also, the song is really good and just, um, I think, matches the energy of the show really well. Just all-time classic. I, I agree. I also forgot, like, damn, <laughs> like, I, I think so highly of the show to just, like, not really think that often about, like, how much the opening in particular rules um, is kind of... The whole time you were looking for the name, my brain was like, please let it be Wat- Watanabe. <laughs> Shinshiro Watanabe, what the? I do not believe uh, he has any involvement in the show, although I do think, um, I want to say uh, Shinya Ohira uh, did some work for Space Dandy. Mm. Is that connection? And then, like I said, Yuasa also did work on uh, the second season of Space Dandy. Um, he, uh, I believe, directed a couple. No, he, okay, so he, he basically just did uh, a whole lot of work on one specific episode of uh, Space Dandy. Um, yep, also, I'm trying to look up what episode that is right now. It's episode three of the second season, uh, which I don't know. I don't. Rem- I don't remember other than seeing it and then going like, "Oh yeah, that's the Yuasa episode." <laughs> like it's one of those where it just like stands out. Like he also did, uh, um, which is not going to be listed on as my anime list page, uh, but he directed uh, and storyboarded an episode of Adventure Time and. It's also one of those things that you watch and go like, oh yeah, this is the Yuasa episode of Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also probably one of the best Adventure Time episodes, so people should check that out. Uh, I really like uh, Wang Kong as a character, and I'll get more into the specifics later, but he's a lot, maybe not a lot different, but they do more with his character in the anime than they do in the manga, which I thought was really interesting to notice uh, going back to it after reading the manga. But I liked all the stuff of him being able to like overhear their uh Peko and Smiles game and be able to tell like, you know, what's going on play by play and be able to tell like like, oh, the chopper's like holding back, like he's way faster than he's actually playing. Um all that stuff. Uh, I think it's just it's cool even if it doesn't make any sense. Like I don't think anybody would actually be able to do that, but it worked. Uh there's a moment that stood out to me with uh Koizumi, who's another character I think is really interesting, um in this episode where he tells uh, the table tennis captain to um, not drill the um, team so hard. He's like, he specifically says, like, oh, they're not the track team. You don't need to make them run so much, which yeah. I think is very ironic going into later episodes when that's what Kozumi ends up doing mm-hmm. to smile, <laughs> um, is working him to death. Um, oh, uh, another thing I wanted to say about the... Uh, sorry, I'm just reading my notes and things are coming to me. The other thing I wanted to say about uh, what makes the storyboarding so good is 
and this bothers me about a lot of anime a lot of anime is done uh either in close-up or like medium shot like there's no wide shots in anime because it's hard to make a wide shot look good especially if you've got characters faces in frame um usually wide shots are going to be like establishing shots but not actually like you know two characters talking to each other or things like that so that always stands out to me in anime and there is just a ton of wide shots in the show um mm-hmm. of you know characters playing characters talking um i think uh there's like a couple of really good, i think there's one in this episode and definitely one in the next episode where there's just like a really nice long shot of kind of the street outside of katase high um and it's got the characters talking like pretty far away from the camera um and it's just like it, it does so much to build the the tone and the mood um which just feels lacking from other anime. I think it, it definitely stands out. Mm-hmm. I think that's about all I got for the first episode. Um, I'll also shout out the uh, indie animation, which is all done by um, An Young Choi, uh, who I also believe is uh, assistant director on the show. It's really good. I don't like the song as much. As yeah, the, 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 first one, song. the first one slaps by comparison, yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of a nice, like, you know, like, Sometimes you want that ending theme to be just kind of chill, like, ah, the end of the episode. Um, and the animation is really good and it does match the song really well. Um, but yeah, y'all got anything else about the, the first episode? No, um, I mentioned before recording, uh, I didn't take many notes because I just kind of let these ones uh, wash over me mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah, I'm with Danny on this. I um, My notes for this one are a lot different than Bebop because there was a lot... Um, less like concrete things i could point to that i um wanted to talk about because a lot of the things i was talking about in bebop were uh problems versus this show i'm just like holy shit this is all working so fucking well together and like yeah (laughs) i don't know i guess it's just because like i'm having such a better time watching this show that i'm more like all right i'm just gonna enjoy this see how everything shakes out versus bebop as we were going i was just getting more and more nitpicky because i just wasn't having a good time watching that and i wasn't super interested in how everything would play out versus this i just want to you know play as close of attention as i can to all the little character interactions because i feel like i'll get more out of the show as if i'm doing that also it's very straightforward without being boring which i really like it's not like some convoluted thing where you have to keep track of a million players like all working towards the same thing and all these twists and turns and blah 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 blah. it's like no they're just having ping pong games it's like oh okay cool not in like a bad way it's like no it's like it it's simple but not basic i guess yeah the characters are all like very well defined Mm -hmm. um so you're not like you know kind of half remembering like oh what's this guy's deal what's going on with him like you you know and also the character designs are, are really good that's all um straight out of the manga mm-hmm. uh um so it's easy to to tell them all apart but yeah i i think i took as many notes as i did because i love the show and the manga so so much um that it was mostly just like me kind of like <laughs> just wanting to write about everything that happened and i would like you know to to daniel's point like definitely want to you know hang on all the little moments between characters i found myself pausing and like skipping back to rewatch things a whole lot uh, i think I think this was off mic. I was I was joking with Danny that uh, it took me like 50 minutes just to watch the first episode because of how often I would pause to write something down or to like look up something on Wikipedia uh, to see who did what or um, uh, parts of the production, um, which I found really enjoyable compared to Bebop, where I remember some Bebop's Bob episodes like 
pausing to see how much was left in the episode. <laughs> um, whereas I, I did not do that with this episode and in fact would like pause to take notes and notice like, oh, only like four minutes left. I'm like, oh, really? It's almost over? Um, just a very different watching experience. I wanted to like jump in, like just like keep going as the episodes were going, unlike Bebop, where I ha- usually had to like take a break between episodes. Yeah. Mm. Granted, part of that is because it's um serialized versus episodic, but yeah, the other part is I'm just enjoying the show so much more. Yeah, I remember when I did go to finish the show after watching those first three or so episodes with you. I think I binged it all in like a evening or whatever, just like through on the next episode to see like oh i'll go back to the show and then which just was gripped like that that first watch for sure is like oh you want to go um back to back with them all right well <laughs> we had a lot to say with that first episode uh, but i think i got a lot of my early thoughts out so hopefully these next ones will go by faster all right so episode two is called smiles a robot after embar- after an embarrassing defeat to wang kong peko is in a slump and contemplates giving up ping pong altogether Meanwhile, Smile has earned the attention of Katase's coach, Koizumi, who seeks to take Smile under his direct supervision to turn him into the player he knows and can become. Koizumi is not the only one who got their eye, who's got their eye on Smile. Dragon, captain of the Kaio Academy table tennis team, uh, has had his eye on Smile since last year's junior high tournament. Uh, Dragon pays a visit to Katase to meet Smile, only to have arrived on a day where Peko and Smile have decided to skip practice. Dragon confesses to Koizumi his interest in Smile as a player, but declares that even someone like Smile is no match for him. Koizumi continues to do all he can to convince Smile to train under his guidance, which culminates in a match between the two of them to decide whether Smile will accept Koizumi's help or not. Butterfly Joe, as Koizumi was once known as his youth, uh, seems to have the advantage over Smile, predicting his every move. However, something breaks open within Smile during the match, turning him into a ping-pong machine. Uh, he easily bounds back to win the game, leaving old Kozumi collapsed as a result of Smile's aggressive play. Our smile is on Butterfly Joe's face as he lays on the gym floor unconscious. Yeah, like a really tight episode. I wouldn't say not a lot happens, but it's like, it's very easy to just be like, oh, this is the episode where Kozumi's trying to convince Smile to take himself more seriously, and then it ends with the match between the two of them, and that's mostly the episode. Well, it's it's such a pivotal moment that you want to give it the space to breathe. So, like, yes, you can you can pin this down to, you know, in one sentence, just say, they have a ping-pong match to decide, <laughs> it, like, if uh, Smile will work more uh, towards, like, his, his ping-pong stuff. But it's it's so much more, like, you you, the implications of Will Smile work like really take himself seriously? Isn't it like is has broad implications on the rest of the series? So you really want to give this ping pong match between a seventy one year old man and and a high school student? Give it air, like room to breathe. Have a scene at the beginning where um, Smile is in a locker waiting for a hero to come, and realizing that the hero is not coming. He has he's the robot, not the hero. Mm-hmm. It's so, yeah, it's so, it's just so straightforward. It's so well done. When something is so straightforward, if you get something wrong, it stands out. You know, if they had, you know, midway through the episode had some sort of glaring issue, then it'd be like, well, wait, why the hell did they do this, like, completely unrelated thing for 15 minutes of the episode? Instead, you have this very straightforward thing. The, the most aside that you get is at one point they're on the beach and a hawk comes and steals someone's burger or something like that which is just, <laughs> just a little cute scene everything else beware of hawks. beware of hawks <laughs> i wrote that down beware hawks 
Instead, you have this really cool fucking Gundam sequence where um, Smile is becoming so the mech. It's so and all the all the sound effects. Yeah, like the like mechanical sound effects that at the end with Koizumi on the floor and he's uh, smiles like wiping off his glasses and it's got like the every yeah every motion has like the mechanical sound and um, Kami again did really well with the typesetting. Uh, blessed to whoever does that. Yeah, I tried to look up uh, earlier when we were talking about it, but um, the part of Kami's website that used to track all that stuff is no longer up, oh. so rip. The the teacher's uh, efforts to like entice Smile is very funny, too. Like The mm-hmm. love letter with it's just a workout routine. He gives him a bento box with like healthy meals to, to, and takes his, <laughs> ha- he takes his burger and Pekko's like, Bur- like, burger? And he goes, no, baga! Like, hamburger! <laughs> Cause it's the fucking um uh oh god uh it's the um uh pink panther the pink panther with um oh. steve uh what's his name steve martin yeah <laughs> hamburger gag where he can't say hamburger correctly well apparently that's a thing like there's a difference in japan between like burger and baga mm-hmm. so like yeah. that's like that's, yeah. they will they will call like um like a hamburger steak hamburg steak uh, is like a hamburger a hamburg yeah i like when he's 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 asking he's like uh, the uh, Koizumi's like arms on the back of a chair sitting yeah. in front of Pekko in the classroom like uh, what are you thinking about right now like trying to get him to like you know, take up table tennis more seriously and he's like I'm thinking about question five and then you realize he's the taking the test. exam <laughs> a test that he's giving to the, all the students yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like like t- sensei quiet down we're trying to concentrate like, <laughs> sorry 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 yeah, all, the, all that stuff is so good, and I, it's it's mostly the same in the manga. It's a little bit played up with some of the players' reactions of like, "Oh, he's in love with you" or whatever. Yeah. Um, the part of this episode that kind of shocked me to realize is not part of the manga, like at all. Not just the scene, but going through is the whole, um, like literally personifying Smile as a robot. Oh. Um, like people, I think people call him a robot. Yeah. Um, in the the manga and all the stuff with you know Peko being the hero is still there but the idea of Peko being the hero and uh, uh smile turning into like the evil robot that destroys everything is totally new to the show hmm. um and there's a lot of changes like that in the show which again surprised me going back to it after reading the manga but all of it works really well like it is it's super smart to add that element into it because it um it fleshes out their relationship more um, not that I don't think the manga does well in that regard, because the manga does more to develop that in ways that the show leaves out. But that sequence in this episode in particular is like a standout moment from these six episodes. And it's something that comes back in other episodes um, where they don't show the the boot up sequence. They just like, I think it's during the match with Kong. He just like walks out and you can like sort of hear the mech sounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they do like a little bit of like a explicit like oh he's like using like a targeting system kind of thing here and there but it's just kind of like throughout the rest of the series just assume when he's when he's being serious he becomes a mech or the robot specifically i guess but yeah it's such a such a great way of like there's so much about the character you can learn from that like kind of embracing the the robot not just embracing that he is like oh i'm a robot but like the implications within the fictional show that he's kind of referencing is like he's not the good guy like that's so good and and that kind of aspect doesn't really pay because at the time when i was watching it i was like oh he's just thinks of himself as a robot because that's what people told him but like for it to come back in episode 
six where it's like no the robot's the bad guy it's like oh okay yeah there's there's lots of good little things in that sequence where it kind of starts out with a flashback to smile uh hiding out in a locker uh, and he's kind of thinking to himself like you know like oh you know i'm i'm safe when i alone and and this kind of stuff um and remembering like no peko's the hero that saved me and made me realize like no i'm you know i, I don't need to be alone or whatever but he's remembering this and it's like oh you know there's no hero coming for you and then it's like the robot voice saying that to him yeah. and that's when he like becomes the robot and and turns the match over on on Koizumi um and then there's a great line that he says to to Peko like after the match um where he's he's like walking off leaving like Koizumi still on the floor <laughs> um and he says to Peko like I'm going ahead Peko and it's like the double meaning of like oh I'm going to like leave now uh but also, like, uh, I'm going to surpass you. Like, I've been holding back this whole time so that you could shine, but now it's, like, my, you know, turn. my turn to come ahead. Like, big Persona vibes from the uh, the robot talking to him. What? <laughs> in, I don't get that. In Persona 5, um, anytime uh, a character awakens to their Persona, it's like they're in a bad situation, and and they eventually say, like, Oh, like you know, this can't be happening. Like I'm not gonna let this happen. And then like their persona is like, oh, so now you've woken up to the truth. You're ready to actually do shit, huh? I thought you were being facetious about the Persona Five thing. No, I am. I am. <laughs> but that's why I say that. I'm not like I don't believe. Like I think anytime someone says, oh, I'm getting big Persona Five vibes from a photo of the fucking pyramids, they're dumb as shit. Wait, uh, I don't. Do I? Do I want to know why someone would see a photo of the pyramids? and th- One okay. of the dungeons is a pyramid. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, there's a tweet where someone's like, oh, we're getting big Persona 5 vibes from this. And they're like, look up ancient <laughs> Egypt or something like that. But um, <laughs> but no, uh, I think that's like super dumb uh, to do that. But So yes, I was being facetious, facetious yeah. about Persona 5, but it is technically related. Um, I knew you were. I was just confused. <laughs> as to why why, why Persona elicit. 5 in this case? Yeah. 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 This is also the episode where we uh, meet Dragon or uh, Kazuma. Uh, this is actually name. I think in all of my descriptions, I wrote out their nicknames because um, they're cool. I don't know if this is coincidence, and it probably is. But in the Yakuza series, Kazuma Kiryu is the dragon uh-huh. of Dojima. I yeah. don't know if it's just a weird coincidence that a character named Kazuma is dragon. So he's called uh, Dragon because uh, his full name is Kazuma Ruichi, and Ryu means dragon. Right, okay. I think it is just a coincidence that him and uh, Kazuma uh, Kiryu have the same name, although that was also not lost on me. It's like, ah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, and I think in general, like, there's a thing, like, if, you, if you're, like, the enforcer or, like, the strong man of a group, you are the dragon of the group kind of thing. Yeah. So, like, there is that kind of, like, that's why Kazuma Kiryu is... The dragon mm-hmm. of Dojima, because he's the he's the enforcer or whatever, the the strong man. Uh, yeah, but I was like, oh, that's a weird kind of coincidence. Getting big Yakuza uh, Five vibes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, I I like that better than, than yeah. Persona. Uh, uh, I like Peko being a big baby about losing to Wang Kong. He's like, he's he's like talking to himself. He's like, oh, I just can't find his weak point or whatever. It's like I don't know. Maybe if you practiced a little bit more, mm-hmm. <laughs> like took things seriously you could beat him like uh like his whole character's thing of like being able to like basically beat everybody when he was younger and now everybody else has had like multiple years to practice and get better and he's just been left behind it's like what did what did you expect yeah and i kind of like that kind of like two approaches to 
life is like one or, or like when faced with adversity you know in uh smile's case it was to become the robot to to really rise to the occasion and push himself to the point of beating uh kozumi nozumi Koizumi, Koizumi or Butterfly Joe. Butterfly Joe. That's why uh, Butterfly Joe. Whereas once, you know, once uh, Peko was beaten because of his, you know, slacking, his response was not to, I'm going to rise to the occasion. I'm not going to like do, he just gave up. He's like, all right, fuck it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm done. And I think it says a lot about each of their characters. One, when adver- adversity strikes, you know, find the power within, go forward, go ahead. Whereas... Peko consistently is self-destructive and lackadaisical about what he's doing with his life, and, and it leads to like more and more problems kind of stacking up. It's also a big kind of theme of the show of like hard work versus talent, yeah. um, which kind of intersects with a lot of the characters. And so you have you know Smile that um, is talented and uh holding it back and you've got peko who's who's talented but needs to put in the work and then you've got other characters that kind of have different relationships to both the amount of work they put in and and talent and how that like affects their relationship to ping pong and their relationship to other people um Mm. that we'll talk about as we meet more characters um i really like dragon's introduction of him like you know coming to Kata say to check out smile and then smile's not there and the the conversation he has with with kozumi and uh Kozumi being like oh well you know you think he'd stand a chance against you is that why you're checking him out and it's like oh no he's he has no chance of beating me mm-hmm. um in the manga there's like a uh kind of a reaction shot of Kozumi after Dragon leaves of being like uh Kozumi being mad at Dragon being so goddamn cocky uh... <laughs> it's like what a cocky kid thinks he could beat Smile or or whatever um but I also love the way in which Dragon's cocky like we didn't I guess we didn't talk about uh you know Wong being uh just super elitist over any player he meets because he's you know comes from a different world of ping pong over in china and so he just naturally assumes like he's better than everybody else uh and he's proven right when he beats beats peko um, but then you've got dragon who's just kind of like more matter of fact about <laughs> how talented he knows he is mm-hmm. um he's, he's he's gloating but he's not like in koizumi's face like koizumi's the one to ask like oh you think you could beat smile and it's like yeah he doesn't have a chance yeah um just kind of like straight up about it which again i love you know contrasting wong is is his translator every time Mm -hmm. wong says something to like that needs to be translated it's this horrible shitty thing to say like oh they're not even worth my time get them the fuck out of here or something like that and his translator's like oh wong's really busy with the tournament but he'll get back to you sometime soon or something like that it's like oh thanks man yeah like it's like oh he's trying to concentrate would you mind going away for a bit which this this show and this i made i didn't make the note for this episode but it'll come up later and i'll say it now um this show's very good at making you hate a character when they first like are introduced i literally had a note that said fuck you peko because peko was so goddamn annoying and then he gets knocked down mm-hmm. a peg and it's like oh he's like yeah complicated wang and uh uh kong in this episode super cocky super fucking awful next episode or a few episodes from now a lot more yeah humbled and you actually have a really sweet moment with him later on you're like oh okay uh the only person i i still don't like is akuma oh sure i guess we'll meet in the next episode Mm. um i guess like my only other thing i want to say about this episode is i love the butterfly imagery and the game between um Mm -hmm. smile and the the coach Mm, little butterfly joe yeah 
Yeah, no. It it's all looked really nice. I just wanted to mention that because that's what struck out to me the most about the episode, aside from the <laughs> the fake romance thing. <laughs> well, it's something that I like about, you know, if you look at the training that uh, they do together later, it's not like strength training and stuff like that. It's a lot of like agility stuff where like Butterfly Joe's, you know, hitting the ball, you know, in different areas, like, oh, you have to go back and forth, like, run really, be quick on your feet, like, that's something he keeps kind of, like, pressing, is, like, you have to be quick on your feet, no laying down, come on, go, 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 and that's something that's very butterfly, it's the whole Muhammad Ali thing of, like, float like a butterfly, sing like a bee, in this case, Butterfly Joe is, like, you have to, you know, float like a butterfly, be quick on your feet, get there, um, because he's not, you know, one to just, like, slap the ball as hard as he can, which is something that gets, uh, Pecco in trouble later, but yeah, I, I really like the whole butterfly vibe. Are there animal motifs for every character, or is it just butterfly, Joe, and dragon? I can't remember for smile and Pecco. I mean, each characters kind kind of got like a uh, like a motif or a theme to them, but they're not all like animals. You know, you got like the hero with Pecco, robot with smile. Uh, obviously, Sakuma the demon, Richie's the dragon, uh, Wang's is the airplane. Um, mm. I think that's all the major characters. Oh, you know what it is? I sing with Peko. I sing Peko, uh, Usada Peko. Pekora, the VTuber. Oh. <laughs> I was like, is he a rabbit? <laughs> no, no. That's uh, Pekora. <laughs> I believe uh, the nickname Peko has to do with like the fact that he's always snacking. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. But yeah, I think, so the bl- butterfly stuff pays off more and more throughout the episodes. And this is like the first episode that we get it. But it's kind of like this idea, to me anyway, of like, you know, Kozumi being like the star player at one time and like in some sense like training smile is like his attempt at recapturing that feeling you know, he talks to uh Tamura the old lady that runs the tennis hall in the later episode talking about you know wanting to get smile uh kind of like to the height of his his play so that he can you know see things that you can't see unless you're there or whatever um but it's all kind of him kind of living vicariously through Smile. It's not like Smile ever voices those desires himself. And uh, it doesn't even use the metaphor, or maybe maybe she does, of like he's in the crystallis kind of thing, mm-hmm. going to the butterfly yeah. thing. So he, like, yeah. you know, like you just said, he literally sees himself. He is Butterfly Joe, and and Smile is in the crystallis. And that uh that shot we see of like um, you know, presumably Kozumi when he's younger. Uh, I believe we get more context for the shot later. Um, but the shot of Koizumi kind of sitting in a classroom with his head down and like his paddle between his legs um, and the butterfly wings and like all the desks and stuff kind of astrewed around him has such a like haunting tone to it mm-hmm. um, that that kind of gives you the vibes that he's like trying to recapture something that he lost. Um, and all that stuff is really powerful, I think. Um Lots of really good imagery in the show, but also specifically at the end of this episode. Um, I'll bring it up now. The music in the show is really good, um, but specifically I really like the next time on theme that plays during the episode previews. It's kind of like this upbeat, chipper kind of video game sounding thing, which both works very well with like the motif of um, uh, Smile playing his handheld console all the time. Which is a Rubik's cube, actually, in the manga, and oh. um, and also um, it's kind of got kind of like a like a hero's theme vibe to it, which fits with Peko. Um, like I said, all the music's really good, but that's the one that, that stands out the most to me, and it was it was that episode that I. Oh, I... Um, yeah, I love like all the background music in all the episodes. I thought it mm-hmm. there was never something that like felt out of place, and I 
like to the vibe the music was going for all the time. Definitely not like as standout as like it's just going for a completely different vibe than say the music in uh, Bebop, yeah. where the music is like the attraction of the scene versus like here it felt like more of just like uh, just something to accent the scene versus like a central focus. Though I will say the beginning of se- of episode three, I keep saying season three or season whatever episode three, session three is one of my favorite like musical setups ever in like any show but we'll get into that in a second but it's funny that you brought up the music being good in this episode because i thought the beginning of the next episode has the best fucking music (laughs) Mm. well i don't have any notes about that so i'm interested to hear uh which means we should just dive into the next one all right so episode three is devoting your life to table tennis is creepy the preliminal inter-high tournament has begun Peko, Smile, Wang, Dragon, and Sakuma, a childhood friend of Smile and Peko's, are all competing. Sakuma, who goes to Kaio Academy with Dragon, is looking to pick a fight with Peko. The two of them, once close friends, now have more of a hostile rivalry between each other. These skilled players have their eyes set on taking each other out, but must first make it a few rounds in the tournament before they can be matched up. They all make it through their first two rounds with ease, but things start to pick up in the third round with a match between Wang Kong and Smile. Uh, at first, it seems like Wang has control over the match, easily scoring points off a of Smile and securing the first game. But in the next game, it becomes clear that Smile was just getting warmed up as the match begins to go Smile's way. As Kong attempts to take control back f- from him, Smile's play suddenly becomes much more sloppy, ultimately giving the match to Kong. Yeah, so we're, we've kind of got a tournament arc, I guess, in this episode. Mm. Not kind of your typical... Like if it was like uh if this was high Q and they were playing volleyball and not table tennis, uh, this would be like eighteen episodes long or whatever. Probably not that long. That that's not that kind of show either. But it'd still be many more episodes than than what we get. Um, but yeah, the centerpiece of this episode is kind of that that match between Smile and Wang Kong. So yeah, the opening ping pongs. It's literally like it starts out <gasps> oh, with yeah. like ping pong, ping pong. Ping pong, ping pong, ping 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 ping. Like it just like becomes a rhythm out of like the ping pongs, and then it goes into like a more kind of structured song. But just the fact that it starts from just the ping pong noises, and it just keeps going. It kind of it's like a fucking Blue Man Group song. It's so cool. I was over the moon when I heard that. Yeah, no, it was really <laughs> fucking cool. Oh, I do have a note about this. Okay, I was like, I thought I, I thought I did write this down. It's just not my first mm. first note. Like I thought it'd be. Yeah, no, that. It just incredible um it's one of the things too where it's like oh are they just you know like doing the the sound mix purposely to make it rhythmic in that way but then it just goes into the track yeah. and it's like oh my god that's so fucking good yeah for sure definitely taking like really good advantage of you know like the subject matter of the show to influence the the music i love like i if you ask me uh, as someone who has seen a fair bit of uh more than a fair bit of sports anime the best part of a tournament arc um is all of the setup of you've got like the different teams and different players going into it and their goals and then seeing that pay off in the matches. So all the build up with like, you know, meeting up with uh, Sakuma and kind of bringing up that old rivalry between him and Peko uh, is all super good. Like uh, Kazuma's whole thing of like hiding out in the bathroom before matches to kind of like isolate himself uh, before he lets loose out on the court. And Wang Kong just, like, again, being super cocky, not taking anybody seriously because he can't imagine a Japanese player being better than him. Like, all that stuff is so good. And then you get, you know, a series of matches between this episode and the, the next one that um, uh, are just all fantastic. 
now that all these characters are here together. And this might be partially lifted from the manga. Austin, you can definitely kind of clarify on that. Um, something, But it's something I notice more in um, Masaki Yusa's stuff is how, from an immediate, from a glance, you can tell everything, almost everything about a character in, in Yusa's stuff, and especially in this. Oh, Akuma is very kind of, you know, I mean, obviously his name is Devil or Demon. Um, so, like, he's very, like, devilish. But, like, you can tell he's kind of a slime ball from his eyes being, like, snakes. And the way he walks. Yeah, the way he walks. <laughs> Smile is very rigid, very uptight. Peko is very childish, very fluid, kind of has, like, a bowl cut, so he's very childish mm-hmm. hair. Dragon looks like a fucking tank on, on legs. It looks like a 30-year-old. Yeah. Uh, Kong is dressed like a, a fashion model, like as like the the aviators, the stylish jacket, all this stuff. Like you can tell immediately from each of these characters what their bag is, uh, and I and I love that. It's so cool. Whereas other like other, I mean, it's not like solely this anime that does it, but I or 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 that Yusa is the only one who does this, but just something about it, it's so stylish, it's so visually interesting to see these characters who don't look like people, they look like fucking cartoons, but at the same time are so, um, because, of, because of the embrace of that knowledge, they're so interesting to look at, and, and, and I, I just love that about this uh, series, and any of Yusa's uh, things, everyone should watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's like, uh, like you're absolutely right. Definitely something uh, U.S. is really good at, but also something he's definitely like leaning on the manga a lot for in this particular case, because you know all the character designs are mostly ripped straight out of the uh, the page, um, and they're just they're really good in the manga for the exact same reason that you know so much about the characters just from the way they're drawn. But definitely not to discredit like how good Yuasa does at adapting it. Um, I don't think I said it earlier, but he so his role in the show he directed. He did the storyboards for all 11 episodes, and he did the script for the entire series. Oh, wow. So he both he adapted it and wrote all the episode scripts. So I just, I like, it's honestly, after having, like, having sandwiched two watches of the show in between reading the manga, it is unbelievably impressive how well adapted it is because of how well they're able to, like, um, come across, like, like adapt um, Matsumoto's uh, visual style to the anime. But also how, like, they're just able to, like, avoid a lot of the pitfalls of other adaptations where it's, like, like exactly what you're saying. Like, the character designs are so good that you don't need to add scenes to the anime to, like, reveal more about the characters. Like, relying on the visual strengths of the, the source material um, for that stuff. Um, and also, they like, the thing that is really shocking is they probably... I mean, we'll see. We still have, you know, five more episodes to watch after this. But just comparing the manga with the first six episodes, they're able to, like add stuff not take stuff away from the manga mm-hmm. and still come in under 11 episodes or uh, in 11 episodes it's just mind how many volumes is the manga do you remember um it's uh it was originally published under in five volumes i believe it's 52 chapters oh okay um i did make a note i was going through my copies earlier today the six episodes we watched for today cover the first uh 29 chapters of the manga Oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, which feels like a pretty fast pace, but a lot of chapters are like, you know, so like the the matches end up being multiple chapters long, mm-hmm. um, and so the, the anime is kind of able to do those pretty quickly. Yeah, and well, and going to like the, the, you know, the character designs might be from the source, but like, imagine if Akuma walked like Smile does, kind of thing, like, mm-hmm. 
yeah. you they can bring the anime the the art style to life. I think a way that is very insightful in the same way that like Kurosawa would have Toshiro Mifune in like a uh, Sanjiro, like how. Mifune like always kind of like shrugged his shoulders like they told him to like choose a uh emotion that the audience will know oh that's that's definitely him because he's walking that way and the guy who has a gun in that movie I can't remember his name how he, he like literally like walks around like a snake <laughs> or something like mm-hmm. it's so it's a nice way to that it's not like it's not talking down to the audience at all but it's it's just making a nice uniform way of immediately knowing okay that's what this character is about i love that yeah for sure no yeah you're you're totally right and it's it's such a nice blend of like taking from what worked about the source material but then utilizing the medium you're working with to its advantage it's really good i don't remember that character's name from sanjiro <laughs> the guy with the gun but uh he's played by uh tatsuya nakadai who is uh all-time great as well uh, good performance in that movie okay so uh, audience, we just took a quick break, uh, so getting back into the discussion, something I wanted to bring up was, uh, speaking of kind of the going into, the interesting thing of like the tournament arcs is like everyone going into it, there's a character who we briefly, briefly meet who gets absolutely steamrolled by someone, um, and like he's talking with, I guess, his girlfriend or, or maybe a classmate, whatever. And she's like, you have a chance. And then it cuts to him losing. And she goes, not. But in the locker room, <laughs> she says something like, or the guy's like saying, I can't do it. I don't have the talent or whatever like that. And she goes, not everyone has like natural talent that you'd expect. Quote, there are Africans who can't dance. That was the first note mm-hmm. I wrote down where I went, oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. dear. What is this, a Bebop episode? Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, maybe it's just Bebop setting low expectations, but that came up and i was like well that's not the worst thing we've seen on this podcast yeah Yeah. oh yeah no (laughs) what's still absolutely a bummer when it came up because like well like luckily it was just like there and gone yeah thoroughly throwaway line yeah but yeah it was the kind of thing where i was like i i had to double back and be like whoa whoa, whoa, there's no way that's what the subtitle said yeah and i don't i didn't remember to check specifically for this line when i was flipping through the manga again but I want to say that's not in the manga either, which means they added that in. Seems like a weird thing to add in, but I would love to. I uh, maybe I'll ask uh, my partner if um, to watch it and see if that's what the how it's. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's, that's the actual. That's what okay, I didn't know if it was like <laughs> yeah. a Kami added line where it's like, oh, like we'll put in a like a localized metaphor or something like that, or knowing or, Kami, they no. wouldn't put in racism unless it was yeah. there already. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure. I, I don't know much about Kami, but I've never heard anything like, oh, I really like Kami's stuff. Though sometimes they slip in slurs or something like that. It was just a a weird thing to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Do we want to talk about the match between uh, Cotton and Smile? Yeah, that is kind of the the crux of the centerpiece of the episode. I think it's a really good kind of like three-act match of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Kong easily taking the first game and then, uh, you know, the reveal that Smile was just playing with him all along and just completely takes control only for Smile to just kind of resign himself at the end of the game and presumably lose on purpose. You know, they never say, but it, it's kind of obvious. Yeah, especially because he starts losing after uh, Wang's uh, translator's like, you're finished if you don't win here, basically. Yeah, I definitely got yeah. the impression that it was something where he kind of realized like, oh, I would be like ruining this person's like ambition if he doesn't win or something like that. It was almost like an act of compassion. 
because they had like a react yeah. shot and everything to that mm-hmm. well and it's like you know like smiles way more driven at this point than he was at the beginning of the show but he's still not quite at that point that he can recognize that his opponent will uh like have something great to lose like that if he loses this match and not feel some degree of compassion um whereas i believe later in the show we'll get moments where that's not necessarily the case yeah i love that the whole thing is seen from kong's perspective Mm -hmm. it's never cutting back to smile with him being like aha if i do this this and this i'll you know like kind of like you you know in Yu-Gi-Oh, where you get both people's kind of reactions to everything and they're coming up with these master plans so that they can have like the oh wait Mm -hmm. moment and this is just you know kong being like oh he's predicting my movements which made me write down that smile was using the millennium eye <laughs> but i think there's another millennium item that's predicting things but whatever uh, i think the one that bakura uses the mo- millennium ring the millennium i think yeah i think it's the millennium ring but that's bakura's sister uh is it isis izu maybe isis is her name whatever something something like we'll that. get into but that yeah, it's definitely on the, the next ring. anime um <laughs> uh but yeah no it's like a really good way of like not giving you explicit insight into smile's mind but then like kind of at the end by if we assume what he does is compassion to like not screw up wang's like career there is that kind of insight there Mm -hmm. yeah and i think you kind of tap into something that's you know interesting to think about it as this is a sports anime that like in a lot of other sports anime, you would get, like, not just the smile inner monologue of, like, you know, like, oh, my next serve needs to be like this, or whatever. Um, it would be, like, the match would be slowed down a whole lot so that we could get those, like, moment-to-moment of, like, characters, like, reassessing their play style and, um, like, thinking through the match in that way. Whereas in this show, it's more like you get, you do get some of that from Wang, and then you get, uh, in this match, I think, and definitely in other matches, you get kind of people watching the match going, like, oh, his serves are sloppy or whatever. But it's more just like commentary on how the match is progressing and not like a play-by-play that you would get in like a Ace of the Diamond or a more kind of typically structured sports anime. Um, which again, works really well in terms of pacing um, so that these matches feel like brisk and um, the, like the tempo of them is really um, upbeat. Yeah, and, and, um, and from like a storytelling structure kind of thing, at least in like Western literature and, and film, Typically, no matter if the protagonist of a film, let's say, is a is a villain or a hero, because they're the protagonist, you're supposed to like be in their shoes. You're supposed to be like empathizing with them. Um, and so, in like a sports setting, if they give the perspective of both teams, you're typically supposed to empathize with the one they show more of, you know. And then the other side is to give you kind of like attention. Whereas in this case, I think because we're only shown uh, Wang's perspective, like we're really supposed to like sympathize and empathize with it. Like we're supposed to almost root for him because mm-hmm. at this point we know that Wang has stuff to lose. Like he, they they set up earlier in either this episode or last that you have to take this seriously. Like you were kicked out of China. Like this is your last chance, et cetera, et cetera. So we're given like we're supposed to almost root for Wang, even though um smile is i guess you can call him the protagonist of the show even though this is more of an ensemble piece it is really centered on smile and his relationship to everyone else and yeah i think it's like a really kind of nice way of flipping the script and being like oh no like 
if Smile wins, like, he'll get that gratification, but, like, we don't need that right now. Wang mm. needs that now. Yeah, and I think, like, a lot of the matches in the show, you don't necessarily go into them ahead of time thinking, like, oh, I want this character to win. Um, it usually happens in the match where you start to feel bad for one character or the other, uh, which happens in this match. Like, you know, Wong is in control at the beginning, and you're kind of just like, you know, like, oh, what's Smile doing? Um, and then once Smile starts to take control and Wang kind of starts to lose it, you're you're absolutely right. You start to uh, sympathize with him a whole lot. Um, it's a really good match. I think it's like, it's also like, it's interesting that it does f still feel like a sucker punch, though, when Smile just gives up because you, at the same time, do, like, you want to see him play for real. You don't want to see him, like, you know, hold back like he's uh, he's been doing. Mm -hmm. um, and you kind of want, like, if Wang's going to win, you want it to be, like, you know, on his own terms and not just because um, Smile gives up. And I think it's uh, it's either at the end of the... No, it's at the beginning of the next episode. But there's a scene where, where Koizumi slaps mm -hmm. Smile. And basically the implication is that, like, it was worse to let him lose, uh, let him win now and lose later <laughs> rather than to just get it over with now. Like, he, the way Koizumi puts it is, like, no one wins yeah. when you play a match like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I do like the framing of uh, Smiles uh, purposely losing as not being a kindness, but as pitying the mm -hmm. other person almost. Yeah. Because it, like, it reads to me, it's like, oh, I'm fine with losing, but I know you'd be destroyed, so I will take away that from you and let you think you're fine, even though you're, you know, not actually a winner. Yeah. Um, yeah, really good stuff. There's another small bit of this episode I wanted to point out. I thought this is what you were going to bring up when you mentioned kind of one of the one-off characters, but there's another one-off character. Um, he's in the manga, but he doesn't get a name in the manga. Uh, he's called uh, Egami. He's kind of got like big, puffy, curly hair, and he plays Smile in like the first or second round. And it's... I would say stoner energy. Yeah. Well, because he's like, he's starting out, he's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this kind of serve. Then he'll probably, you know, like, relay with this and then i'll get him get him back with this the shot and then the third shot uh i don't know i'll figure that out when we get there um and then he's like losing the first couple points and he just can't keep up and at some <laughs> point he just like thinks to himself like man i'd really want to be on a beach right now and then we get kind of you know like a visual representation of like the like the ocean crashing in on the ping pong table and him fantasizing about being on a beach and then suddenly it's like hard cut the match mm -hmm. is over and he lost and he comes really back good. Yep, and he comes back later uh, in another episode. Um, but uh, um, And that moment is in the manga too, but uh, this moment anyway with the beach, I don't think he comes back in the manga though. I think um, it's just the one scene. Oh. So um, I was actually kind of surprised to learn that this character wasn't the manga at all because he does feel like such a Yuasa character, kind of like this, you know, like aloof, listless type, you know, stoner <laughs> type character. Um, feels, feels in place uh, in a Yuasa show. Um, the other thing I'll say about him, though, is, uh, uh, okay, I'll say the one thing that maybe makes less sense in context of the show and then provide context for it, but, uh, holy shit, <laughs> voice actor's voice is so sexy, and, um, yeah. I say that because he's the voice actor for Kaiba in Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> amongst, amongst other things, um, but goddamn, uh, shoutouts to Kinjiro Suda. <laughs> <laughs> so sexy um this is another voice actor i wanted to shout out earlier that i forgot about um uh uh koki uh uchiyama is the voice for uh smile he uh from this current season of anime he voices uh miyamura on horimiya 
um, and he voices uh, Takashi on Ikebukuro Westgate Park, who I love very much. And uh, he also uh, voices uh, Yuri Plazetsky in Yuri on Ice, which oh. you know, Danny. Yeah, okay. And he, I would be remiss to not say that he is uh, Banager Lynx, uh, which if you couldn't tell from the name, is a Gundam character from Gundam Unicorn. <laughs> Literally, as soon as the, the last inks came out, I was like, that's a Gundam character right there. Yeah. Uh, that is a Gundam name if I've ever goddamn heard one. Um, <laughs> but he's a great voice actor, too. He's great as Smile. Um, the voice actor for, I didn't even write down his name, but the voice actor for Peko does a great job at being Peko. Yeah. But he's got, like, no other credits. Um, which is kind of shocking. Um, but sometimes that's the case. Like, they find someone who's, like, maybe, like, predominantly a, like, a screen actor, um, for a part, um, that just is really fitting for them. Uh, I think there's, oh, I won't get into it, but I was kind of su- surprised because of how good of a job he does. Um, but I think that's all I got to say about, uh, that episode. Anyone else got thoughts? No? Uh, no. I forget what I say was very quiet for this episode's discussion, but I, a lot of my favorites were just, like, how the action was shot, and I can't really say anything about, too much about it other than just watch the fucking show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, for the visual splendor, if nothing else, but helps that the rest of the show is good, too. End, end of episode thoughts. This is reason number three to watch the show. Reasons one and two are the first two episodes. <laughs> Get ready for reason number four. Um, all right. Well, reason number four, a.k.a. episode number four, uh, the only way to be sure you won't lose is to not fight. Uh, the quarterfinal matches have begun. First up is Peko versus Sakuma. The two friends now turned rivals are playing each other for the first time in years, as Sakuma knows down to the exact day. Peko is as sure of himself as ever, but by intentionally playing to tire out Peko during the first game, and some highly technical plays in the subsequent games, Sakuma easily takes the match over Peko. Uh, another hard loss for Peko after his earlier loss to Wang Kong. Next up is Dragon versus Wang. Wang is prepared for a tough match, especially given Dragon's muscular build, uh, but what he doesn't expect is for Dragon to have immense speed on top of his strength. Dragon lives up to his name and easily takes the match over Wang. At this point in the tournament, only Kaio players are left. Dragon wins in the final match and the four Kaio players that made it into the semifinals advance to the inter-high tournament. Uh, with the matches over, the players all leave the arena. Uh, Wang comes to terms with what is surely the end of his ping-pong career back in China. Peck was brought to tears by the hard loss he was dealt, and Smile is told about the lavish facilities that would await him at Kaio Academy by Dragon, who threatens that he'll win him over to their team eventually. What did y'all think about this episode? I was very sad that my boy was slapped. Smile? Yeah. That's true. Uh, that kind of, you know, physical discipline from, like, a coach's a bit yikes but it definitely matched the um emotion of the scene like i i like that koizumi is so angered by what he does that he does like literally slap him and it is very in character i think which is mm-hmm. yeah well and it's almost like it's in character in that i feel like yeah that like pushes him to a point where he would he does that but like the rest of the time he's never like physically abusive or or he never like touches smile to like like when he's trying to like get him to play in the like in episode two it's he's never like oh come on like shaking him slap 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 it's very much like an affectionate almost like oh i like i see myself in you kind of thing like it's like he's so disappointed that he's just overwhelmed and slaps him not that not an excuse kind of way just like in a way that makes sense in the character no i agree it, it, it definitely fits with um with his characterization like he's definitely not like um yeah, you know, like a lot of the stuff he's doing is because he sees himself in Smile, and so it is like 
like that in itself is kind of fucked up um and so it yeah uh it makes sense that he would slap him if he you know sees smile as himself and sees smile doing something that he would never um think of doing himself mm-hmm. I, I hate Akuma as a character he's, a, he's such a little piece of shit i mean he's I, I i assume you would agree though that he's still like a very fun character oh like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah but he uh when he won against Peko at the end, he's like, oh, you never stood a chance, Peko. And then he like goes on to a big tirade. But it made me think, mm-hmm. the way it was like shot made me think of like um, when you win in like, I don't know, like Street Fighter or Tekken or Soul Calibur. And like someone, like the character says something at the end like, oh, I'm late for my lunch now. Or something like that. <laughs> like, a, like a fighting game win screen. <laughs> Yeah. I love the animation of him walking away. I just, like, my one note just says mm-hmm. Chad walk, and then it's a picture of him in, like, this pose <laughs> full of swagger, and he's just being such a cocky asshole. I love it. The, there's so many good walking animation moments in the show. But yeah, the, the match between those two was great. Um, I really liked how uh, Sakuma purposely used Peko's pride to win. Because they're like, oh yeah, let's just uh, you know act like idiots and do like the mm-hmm. top spin contest, knowing that Pekka would tire him, himself out, and just like manipulating him like that was just sort of perfectly encapsulates his character. Oh, absolutely. This is the episode with the yeah the tournament finishes. Mm-hmm. I love that the the final match is between the dragon and someone else from the same school. Mm-hmm. They don't even show that match. I don't think they just like. No, so the they just say like the results. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is great, both in like a way that like, oh, it doesn't matter who actually won that, though you know the answer is going to be Dragon. But also the fact that, and this is something they set up later about like how awesome this school is for ping pong. Though the final match is between two people from the same school, um, yeah. which I think is really interesting. Also, it's kind of funny, like something that I noted from like for Smiles School is a lot of sports anime. It always makes it as if like the sport is the only thing happening in their life. Like, it's literally, like, the law. You know, think Yu-Gi-Oh! Where people can, like, bet their their souls and, sh- and like, like their slavery to people based off of a card game. Uh, in Shokugaki no Soma, they, everything's decided by food battles, you know, up to including being expelled from a school can be decided by a food battle and blah, blah, blah. And in this one, like... It's like, no, teacher, I'm I'm taking a, an English exam right now. Like, fuck off. And then you cut to Dragon's, like, school. And it is, like, everything is ping pong. Eat, breathe, mm-hmm. sleep, ping pong. Yeah, that's um actually uh, not in the manga. Huh. Um, at least not to that extent. Like, it is, like, in the manga, they're more or less, like, your typical kind of, like, powerhouse school yeah where it's like oh they consistently have like top-notch ping pong team like clearly they have more resources and more money put to their ping pong team than others but it's not like this over the top like (laughs) they eat breathe sleep uh ping pong like they've got a research library with every game ever recorded and if you need a a game recorded someone will go out there and record it for you or whatever yeah we have have all these like they go through like a whole list and you're like oh my god calm down (laughs) Mm -hmm. like the entire like um the the i guess it's supposed to be like the president of the school Mm -hmm. that uh, is like Kazuma's grandfather that he's constantly talking to about like trying to recruit Smile and talking about like the reputation of the team and stuff like that uh, is not in the manga either. Again, they build up the school in the same way, um, but that relationship is kind of diverted to um, the coach in the manga and not like this kind of president over the the entire school. But I lo- I love that montage of like of um, 
Kazuma running down the list, like all yeah. the things that the school have. I was like, honestly, like, I don't know why you think Smile's going to be into that. Like, he's, I guess not to Kazuma, but he has said multiple times in the show that he is doing ping pong to kill time. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't think he's into, like, uh, uh, doing it that way. I think it also, like, adds another layer to the whole um, talent versus hard work thing that the show has going on. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, there's another factor. Um, uh, get fucked if you're poor. Yeah. <laughs> What's your superpower? I'm rich, Zack Snyder. Yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, you mean the school that was founded by a ping pong player and is able to pump ridiculous amounts of money into their ping pong program, like, produces the best players every year? No way. Huh. To go back to the match with um, Sakuma, again, like, so many of these characters have really interesting parallels with each other, and I like how similar um, Sakuma and Peko end up being, you know, like, the way they, they kind of badmouth each other and the way they're like you know larger than life i kind of viewed them both like you know peko is literally compared to like a comic book hero uh they both kind of come across that where they're like you know talking to each other like they're like comic book characters trying to battle it out with one another like the fighting game analogy you put forward is is really apt i think well they greet each other by like headbutting each other essentially mm-hmm. and they're like oh like it's you again uh, uh. and you know yeah. peko doesn't go like wow what the fuck ow my forehead he, he <laughs> you know goes right back at him kind of thing very uh yeah shonen manga brought to life compared to mm-hmm. uh smile yeah um i like uh sakuma's whole thing as a kid of being called professor professor table tennis because he's like constantly like reading up on techniques and stuff like that um the way he's able to use some of those techniques uh that he's learned uh, against um uh, peko during the the match is really good another parallel i guess i noticed uh in this episode is uh, mentioned earlier that, that kazuma is always hiding out in the bathroom before the matches uh which is kind of reminiscent of how you know smile kind of constantly remembering that time of him you know hiding out in the classroom closet kind of says a lot about kazuma's character that he's kind of like you know, what if Smile was, like, never saved by Peko mm-hmm. um, back then in the classroom closet? You know, the fact that he's always got to retreat um, to the bathroom before his matches. And the way he, their coach talks about it, I think he says to Sakuma, like, Sakuma's like, you know, why is Kazuma always in the bathroom? Is he, is he constipated? And the coach says something like, oh, you'll understand uh, the pain he goes through one day or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, 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 like that being this, like, uh, monster of ping pong is like a, you know, deep harm on his psyche is kind of which that comes up in episode six six yeah oh boy we'll get to Mm -hmm. um uh again i mentioned earlier you know we we were talking about all the characters having kind of like a visual motif to represent them and i really like uh kong's um representation being an airplane of him kind of longing to go go back to china and kind of the the animation that plays out between like uh, dragon being represented by like this literal kind of lightning dragon mm-hmm. um, and Kong being represented by an airplane kind of trying to weather the storm um, all, all plays really well um, during their match and yeah I like that they kind of just they once all the main characters have played their matches they just skip through the semifinals and yeah the finals fuck it, you know, at like, that point who cares yeah I mean it was all Kaio players so no matter what Kaio player is going to come out on top and because of the way that preliminary tournament works like the top four players advance to the actual yeah. like national level so um, they're all going there anyway it didn't matter who won in the end something that occurred to me it was one of those moments where it's like no fucking way and i had to look it up uh to make sure i wasn't hallucinating um tamara who's the uh old lady that runs the table tennis hall yeah um she gets a really good scene by the way in this episode with um kozumi we kind of talked about earlier 
um, where they kind of talk about his relationship with Smile um, uh, as his, his coach. Um, but Tamara, uh, who do- put her voice actor puts on a great performance in this one. Um, she is the Japanese voice actor for Goku in Dragon Ball. Oh. Which is, uh, I mean, she's, she's such a different Goku than um, uh, What's-His-Face uh, in the, the English dub that we all probably know. Um, best uh, Sean Chamel, I think is his name. Steve Blum, um, yes. <laughs> there's only one English voice actor, and his name is Steve Blum. Steve uh, Blum and Troy Baker. That's that's the two you get. <laughs> but yeah, she's 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 a treasure. Um, and so it was, it was fun to recognize her voice. Also, another character we we meet in this episode, uh, Yurie, who is uh, Kazuma's cousin, uh, is another addition to the um, anime, not in the manga at all. Ah. which. Might give you some clues about another thing that's coming up that is uh, not in the manga whatsoever. Yeah, okay. yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, again, another good episode. Really tight tournament arc, just the two episodes, and uh, that still felt substantial. I'll also say that just in general, the one part of the manga that is like more or less like adapted straight up, um, except for some of the you know like animation flourishes and like some of the like visualization of like you know. Cosmo uh, being a dragon and stuff like that, but the actual matches themselves are kind of uh, more or less one for one from the manga. Makes uh, sense. Which, yeah, exactly. I just thought I'd mention that. Any other thoughts about the only way to be sure you won't lose is to not fight uh, before we move on? Mm, nope. Nothing more than the uh, the animation during the matches is incredible oh, yeah. again. Phenomenal. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I do say out of this batch, I do think this had my favorite um, match being Wang and Dragon. Mm-hmm. Just because of how the animation was, but yep. yeah, just fucking incredible shit. Yeah, I think I would agree that that's the the best match of these these six episodes. Uh, and yeah, again, <laughs> please watch the <this> show. <laughs> Don't watch Bebop. <laughs> Listen to our episodes on Bebop and then not watch that. Or if your gut watch, instinct watch was to say, "Hey, Bebop's a good show," I promise you have not seen it in the last probably ten years. Rewatch it. In that case, rewatch it. If you have, if you don't remember it, don't watch it. It's not worth it. All right. Um, well, we'll get into the next episode then before we go down the bebop rabbit hole. <laughs> um, <laughs> Save us quick. Is it a, <laughs> the devil on my shoulders? Like, yes, yeah, talk about it more. All right. Episode five is where did I go wrong? The inner high tournament is over. Uh, Wang decides to stay at Sujido to fulfill his obligation to help their team. Dragon has won himself all the way to a gold medal in the Youth Olympics. As he arrives back at Japan, he calls out Smile while being interviewed by the press as an attempt to recruit him to Kaio. Peko has started to neglect his spot on the Katase team even more, skipping to spend time at the beach, letting his hair grow out, and doubling down on the junk food. Smile, on the other hand, has given in to Koizumi and has begun rigorously training to begin preparing for the next Inner High tournament. Uh, then there's Sakuma. While he made it to the Inner High tournament, he lost in the second round. That, along with Dragon's disappointment and the overall strength of their team, has Sakuma questioning his place at Kaio. To prove his worth, he skips practice to challenge Smile to a match, knowing that losing could mean getting himself kicked off the team. Smile is easily able to score point after point off of Sakuma, winning two games over him, but before he can win the match, uh, Sakuma erupts into a fit, shouting in anger at how Smile doesn't deserve to be better because of how much more time and effort Sakuma put in over the years. Smile explains, uh, matter-of-factly, that's because he has no real talent for table tennis and that his hard work uh, is all he has to show for it. After their match, Sakuma is suspended from school and kicked off the table tennis team for beating up a passerby in a fit of rage brought on by Smile's words. 
Peko finally decides he's had enough of table tennis and throws his racket into the ocean as a display of his resignation. So yeah, again, another episode where there's kind of like a, a centerpiece to the whole thing, which is uh, kind of, you know, revolves around Sakuma, uh, him challenging Smile and then, you know, <laughs> losing faith in himself by losing to Smile and then getting himself kicked off the team as a result of his kind of visceral reaction to their match. Kind of going back to the, like I said, this episode two, this is where I wrote a note saying, like, you really, you really hate these, some of these characters, and then they have a little moment, you're like, oh, big sweet, but, mm-hmm. except for Akuma, fuck you, Akuma. You know, him being such a little drama baby, the entire, like, series. <laughs> I don't know, I mean, I, I, I definitely feel for him in this episode when he is just, like, again, it's kind of like, um, you know, some of the parallels and, and the differences between the characters, like, unlike Peko, he has put in the work since he was young, and I think it's next episode, but we, we get kind of a, like a reveal that the only reason he's on Kaio is not because he's talented, but because like the coach recognized that he would like put in the work and do all he could to, to kind of stand on the shoulders of the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. And so to get like smile just cold as ice being like, actually, no, you have no talent. Like, why are you playing ping pong? Uh, like, you'll, you'll never be better than... Um, you are right now kind of thing is like it's tough to hear like even yeah um even even saying it to a, a character that's you know kind of a, a little bitch uh like sakuba is like it's it's just like a harsh thing to say to someone um so you feel bad and then like obviously like <laughs> don't agree with his decision to like to beat the shit purposely out of bump into a stranger and then beat the shit out of him but it's like you know like you feel you feel bad for him that like it's eating him up like that I still say fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he becomes a lot more sympathetic in this episode mm-hmm. than the last one because you see how like how much ping pong means to him and how much he's struggling with the fact that he just isn't that good, even though it means a lot to him. I also liked um, how this episode really shows how um, Pecco changed after getting his ass handed I didn't even to know him. It was Pecco. And, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he had the star on his clothes, so it's Pecco. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um. I will say I was wasn't a fan of the jokes at the expense of Peko gaining weight. That's that's not cool. Um, I so to me it it comes across a bit more as like like you're an athlete, right? Like you can't let yourself go like that. It didn't read as as fully fat phobic as like maybe some of the stuff we saw in Bebop at times. Um, but uh, it definitely felt like concern for him, like oh, like you know you're you're gaining a lot of weight there all at once kind of thing like are you sure you're eating healthy or, or kind of thing like it, di- it didn't uh, yes I, I do think that it it at its core is is semi kind of fat phobic where it's like oh you're you're gaining weight that's an inherently bad thing but at the same time i think because it's like such a dramatic it, to them it was like such a dramatic shift it's like oh like though they did say it kind of flippantly especially smile who says things so matter-of-factly where he's just like oh you've gained weight yeah i think from smile it's meant to come across as mean um or at least like mean by how like nonchalant he is about it whereas from the other players uh who mention it to him as well it seems to be more like a um uh like the same kind of concern that that they have for him when they see him like eating snacks during practice like earlier in the show where it's like hey you're (laughs) you're supposed to be playing table tennis like you can't you can't eat like that uh and you know expect to like perform well Mm-hmm. um they said it, it didn't come across to me as like super fat phobic though i do think in the the difference between the anime and the manga in this regard is i think in the manga he's more 
overtly drawn as having put on weight, whereas in this one he just yeah, he's like the pudgier cheeks. Yeah, and he keep, yeah he keeps pinching his cheeks like that. And I think the the more noticeable change is like his long hair, and he's got like a tan from spending time at the beach. Um, but you don't really like look at it. Like his body isn't the the um, butt of the joke in calling out that he's been like uh, putting on weight. Like it's not like you don't look at him and go like, oh, isn't he gross and disgusting because he's eating candy all the time? It's more just like a concern for like you know him as an athlete. Yeah, that's not how I read it at mm. all, <laughs> really. But uh, yeah, no, I thought they uh, could have done something else to show that he's like sort of given up and isn't taking care of himself. Especially because, like, the gaining weight thing is just, like, such the uh, the go-to for... It's like, oh no, this person gave up on themselves and now they're fat and unattractive and everything that goes along with that is... Yeah. Again, I, th- I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily, like, great, but it's definitely, like... <laughs> in terms of how fatphobic anime can be, I thought it was rather um, restrained. Yes. Yeah, not the worst I've seen, but I... It's still... It's left a bad taste in my mouth. It's not, like... Mm-hmm. Okay, now the show's irredeemable. It's like, damn, missed on that one. Yeah, I did love the the team kind of filling in Peko with everything that happened, and the way that they like describe being on the team. Like they they like the third year, I think, literally says like it's not really like being a team anymore. There's us, and then there's him. Yeah, everyone else like it's like the the prin- the prince of table tennis. You know, gets the dream matches, and everyone else gets the scraps or something like that. Yeah, and it parallels uh nicely with uh, uh dragon and um and kayo kind of having a similar thing where like dragons like i think this might be in the next episode but dragon's like away from the school and um the players kind of talking around like you know like oh he thinks he's you know like better than the rest of us so he can you know bad mouth us on uh tv and and stuff like that i loved how that came up a lot where they were like wow how dare you what the fuck like to say like, oh, I've heard they've gotten a little worse. Hopefully, this car- this person who lost, you know, in like the third round, can can come join our school to like beat them into shape or whatever. Because they even mention like, if you lose before the fourth match, you're kicked off the team. And I believe uh, Smile is lost in the third round, so he doesn't even technically like meet the correct level. Well, they're t- they're talking about uh, Kayo, so Kayo is much more strict. Right, so, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, did you mean do you mean uh, Sakuma? I think you said Peko. Oh, sorry, yeah, not Peko. Like they're they're saying that at at Kayo, if you lose before fourth mm-hmm. round, you're kicked off the team, and Smile is ki- beaten in the third round, I think, by uh, Kong or second round, and then Dragon goes on TV and says like, so technically, if if Smile was on Kayo's team, oh, sure. he would have been kicked off. But then Dragon goes on TV and it's just like, yeah, no, uh, hopefully Smile will join our team because they're shit and he's good kind of thing. Um, and yeah. I like that it's not something that's swept under the rug. It's like something that everyone in the episode is like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. so rude. <laughs> kind of going back to the, you know, Dragon and Smile are in a lot of ways the same person. They're both very blunt. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting the changes they make in this episode uh, compared to the manga. So, like, Kazuma doesn't win the gold medal in the manga. He just goes on to the inter-high nationals and wins the singles. Uh, But he doesn't, like, get a a youth gold Olympic medal or anything like that. And the interview is kind of like a newspaper thing that, like, the coach is reading back to him. It's, It's a lot different. Um, but I think the changes work really well. Like they do really well to build Kazuma up as this like monster of a player in the show. Um, 
that the manga does as well. It just kind of does it uh, more spread out and, and differently. I liked that. There's a really great scene early on in this episode with uh, Wang Kong at the airport kind of seeing his coach off where they're just kind of talking about, you know, um, like, oh, don't you, aren't you homesick? Don't you want to go back to China? And, and Wang has kind of resigned himself to like, oh, no, like, you know, I promised I would help Sujido uh, build their team up. Like, I'm going to stay and, and help coach the players. And just kind of like how, like, yeah, it was a shitty thing that um, Smile did by losing on purpose. But like, Wang's kind of at the end of it, like, found kind of his place a bit more than he seemed to have um, before the Inner High Tournament. Um, it's just a nice humbling moment for him. I also like like how much it shows the friendship between Wang and uh, I don't know how to refer to him other than his translator, but like you can tell like those two are like actually friends and care about each other, which is yep. nice to see because you don't really like well before this episode you didn't really get any of that from Wang. It's yeah. nice to see him painted as a person instead of just like as a stereotypical like anime villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that our heroes had to beat, which continues in the the next episode uh, in a really cute scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, and I think we brushed over it in the last episode, with episode four, he um has another scene with his translator uh, after the um tournament's over, where they're kind of sitting outside the arena um and talking. That's just like again really well storyboarded where the you've got the airplane flying over them as they're talking which is a great uh moment um but they're uh you know talking about like his again like what he's going to do with himself um uh, and they talk about kind of like you know wang's past as a you know kind of child prodigy working his way up as like you know this you know talented ping pong player and his eventual fall from that and he talks about his mother and a lot of that stuff is also like not in the manga like all the stuff with his mother and him kind of like being homesick um, is either not in the manga or just kind of brushed over a bit more. It's like that scene and the scene uh, in the airport uh, are both uh, really, really good stuff with him. I wouldn't have thought it going into this rewatch, but I forgot how much I like uh, Wang Kong as a character. Mm-hmm. He's really good. I also like uh, with the match with uh, Sakuma and Smile, I like how it parallels the match with Wang Kong where it's like, you know, once once Smile realized that Wang had something to lose by uh, losing that, ma- something greater to lose than just the match, he kind of resigned himself and, and let Wang Kong win. But in this match versus uh, Sakuma, where he does also still have something greater to lose than just the match, he just doesn't care. He's, you know, he's willing to uh, defeat him as soundly as he does. Yeah. Kind of shows him becoming more and more uh, robotic and machine-like in the way he treats people and not just the way he plays table tennis. And then this is the episode where we get the Bruce Lee reference that you mentioned earlier. Uh, yeah. I would be remiss if I didn't <laughs> say that, where like before Sakuma loses it and beats up the random uh, guy on the street, uh, the guy on the street is talking with his friends, and it's like, oh, did you know there are a bunch of theories about how Bruce Lee died? <laughs> um, and then that's when uh, Sakuma runs into him. Which, like, I won't get into it, but, like, that is a thing. People have all kinds of yeah. conspiracy theories about, like, what might have happened. It's very similar to, like, the Heath Ledger thing of, like, oh, was he drugged or whatever? And it's like, no, he's, like, plenty of people co- corroborate the story of, like, you know, he was taking medication to deal with, like, a brain condition he had developed, like, a year prior and then took that along with some other, like, headache medication or something like that that um those two don't mix well and no one 
who gave him the medication knew that so yeah it's 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 a tragedy it's not something that should be like made in this fucking weird ass conspiracy theory yeah but it's a weird thing to think about while watching this episode but i did find it funny that it's two anime in a row well, we've got bruce lee on the brain it's the it's the rule for the next anime is has to be somehow related oh, oh. to uh bruce lee well i'm picking so i'll have to keep that Ooh. in mind <laughs> <laughs> um anything else about that episode or shall we move on let's go let's go let's rock and no it's bowl it's bowl it's rock and roll never mind excuse you this anime is about ping pong I don't know ah. what you were watching. <laughs> all right uh episode six is you love table tennis more than anyone else uh, tensions are high at both Katase and Kayo. The other Katase players are fed up with the special treatment Smile is getting and his naked contempt for them as less talented players. While over at Kayo, Dragon's spending more time away from the team, which further increases the gulf between him and the rest of the team. Christmas Eve rolls around and everybody is spending their time differently. Smile trains before Kozumi gives him the night off, only to end up spending the evening alone. Peko gets drunk off of liquor uh, chocolates. Kazuba spends his evening training to the dismay of his cousin Yurie, uh, who hoped to spend the evening with him. Uh, Wang Kong spends Christmas Eve with his mother and the rest of the Sujido team making wontons and singing karaoke. On Christmas Day, Peko runs into Sakuma at the Tamara Table Tennis Hall. Sakuma has gotten over himself uh, after his suspension and taken Smile's words to heart, realizing he doesn't have the same talent for ping pong as Smile or Peko. Frustrated at Peko for running away from his problems, Sakuma tries to convince him to take up table tennis again, and after Peko almost drowns in shallow waters, he does. Back at the table tennis hall, Peko begs old lady Tamara to teach him ping pong again, starting from the basics. I kind of hinted at it earlier, but most of this episode is entirely original to the anime, and it slaps so hard. Oh, it's... All it, the Christmas Eve stuff is so it's good. It's so good. Is, is that um, uh, Ryu's cousin or girlfriend? Yes uh maybe both uh, they talk about it in the at the end of the tournament when she picks him up in her hot rod car they're like oh lucky him he gets to live with a girl like that or whatever and it's like oh they're cousins uh and then someone's like yeah right like that stops him or whatever it definitely gives me like a sort of arranged marriage sort of vibe in the scenes with those two yeah I thought there's something to do with like family like yeah i thought someone had mentioned someone's father it's like oh does doesn't her father know or something like that but okay i was just Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they 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 do say they're cousins. I don't know. Maybe maybe that is them th- thinking they must be cousins, but really they aren't. But I I think they're supposed to be cousins. Um, yeah, I was just thrown off by when because uh, he's in the bath and and she just like walks on in. It's like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, I do know for sure she is the coach's daughter. Right. That might be what that might be what's throwing me off. Like the fact. I yeah. So I know that she was the coach's daughter because the the coach hears them talking about it and they're like, okay, you have to like run back or something like that. And maybe that's why I'm confused, but whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, Smile's kind of a dick in this episode. Oh, yeah. Like, wow, calm down. Makes sense after the, the last one. Like I said, he's becoming more and more of a robot. Really needs Peko to save him now. Yeah. Um, well, we get this. So this is the episode, I guess, where we get the really great intro scene of like the like anime uh, commercial i guess of like the the giant robot destroying everything and then the anime announcer is like when will a hero come and save us or whatever and it's like ah i see what you're doing there uh-huh. um and all that's really good and the animation is phenomenal for that stuff of course um my note just reads mex 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 <laughs> i need more mex <laughs> it, it was good and stuff i got like an old school like uh super mega robot vibe to it which is good um, but yeah, the bulk of this episode is the um, 
the Christmas Eve stuff, which is, like I said, it's all original to the anime, and it's all so good. Um, lots of just really good small moments. I love... So we get, like, this scene of um, uh, Wang Kong and his mother and the rest of the team oh, singing yeah. karaoke. Um, they're singing uh, Hitori Bochi, No Christmas Eve. And uh, as the song is playing, we get, like, a montage of what everybody's doing. And, uh, you know, one of the things we see is uh, Kazu- or not Kazuma, uh, Kozumi and Smile practicing in the gym uh, before Kozumi goes like, um, you know, like, you know what, you, it's Christmas Eve. My gift to you is the rest of the night off. And I guess he gives him like a cake and something else uh, to go enjoy the rest of his evening. And then after the montage ends, the song like hard cuts and we get like a shot of uh, Smile sitting alone uh, in a really closed off frame um, sitting in his kitchen, the lights off, eating a christmas cake all by himself uh and it's just like kind of heart-wrenching yeah. <laughs> like the way it's directed just like one of those things yeah. where just like instantly felt like <laughs> like was like on like a five to six emotional level and then suddenly at a 10 mm-hmm. when that shot happens like oh shit i'm gonna cry like, this is the first we really see of his home life isn't it mm-hmm. and it's just makes you wonder if the being emotionless thing is mostly a coping mechanism or something yeah then it did kind of fits in with like you know that memory he has of hiding out in the closet when he's younger and uh really gives you a sense of how much you know peko means to him uh and how kind of sad it is that they've um by no one's fault kind of grown apart i did love the uh the wonton scene itself oh it's so, it's so cute it's so cute it's so cute <laughs> they one by one uh join in and his mom is talking to them in chinese and all that is so good so warm yeah it's really nice to see wang become like move into like more of a mentor role and like mm-hmm. actually start to like have relationships with the team other than just being like oh yeah i'm the fucking um player that was brought in with money just to win games but mm-hmm. now he's becoming a member of the team and yeah i what, what's the song title for the karaoke uh hitori bochi no christmas Eve. Oh, okay because the entire time i was singing it was last christmas like it had like the kind of like rhythm of like last Christmas I gave it's, you my heart. It absolutely has a similar melody, and I found myself singing last Christmas <laughs> to myself after I finished this episode. Yeah, it's it's really good. I the animation of uh, them all making the wontons is so good. It's like not necessarily stylistically like you know food making in a Ghibli movie, but a similar kind of like emotional response yeah. like it just there's such a warmth to very tender yeah like you know yeah. one of them's like oh i can't do it and like the mom's immediately like oh you're so close or something like that like oh it's so fucking cute yeah. uh, and again all that stuff is like his mother is not a character in the manga all the stuff with him and the team that you see in this episode is not in the manga i think like we don't see much of him in the manga after the first inner high tournament and then he comes back later uh when there's next year's inner high tournament so it's such a smart addition. I really like all the stuff they do with his I game. hope he never comes back in the series. I thought it was such a sweet like finale for him. Like, oh, he oh, sure. find a, yeah. found the place he belongs kind of thing. Um, you know, yeah. if he comes back, I'm sure it'll be nice. But like, if, he'd never come, if he never came back, it would be very kind of like a, a brilliant way of kind of ending that for him. Yeah. And I can't remember if it's uh, towards the end of episode five or maybe the beginning of this episode, but there's like a sequence that we see of like, uh, Kong visiting uh, his mother in China and she, she sends him back all kinds of snacks and stuff like he was talking about uh, that she would do when he was younger and there's like a shot of him crying on the train mm-hmm. right home yeah. and so to have that contrasted with this like super sweet super uh, tender moment uh, with his mom and the rest of the team uh, and that kind of feeling of family is, is 
really touching. Um, it's so good. Um, let's see, what else do we see during the Christmas Eve scene? Uh, so there's Pecco <laughs> getting drunk off of um, uh, wine coolers. It's like uh, not wine coolers, chocolate, um, liquor, uh, liquor, chocolates. liquor, chocolates. Yeah. yeah, I thought there was a name for those. That's not just liquor chocolates. And yeah, I don't... spent too much time looking it up last night. It's like no, but they're just liquor chocolates. Well, and he's such a dick to like. I don't know if it's the same girl who was in the beach scene a couple episodes ago or or not, but he's such a dick. Like she's like, oh, I got you this this Christmas present, and and he's like, huh. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's a different girl. I think the idea is he's like kind of dating around. Um, again, part of him being like super aloof and detached now that you know, yeah. he's um, not playing ping pong anymore. Uh, that he like passes out behind like a ship or something on a dock and wakes up the next day. Wakes up the next day with a cold or something, and he he runs over to the to the ping pong hall. Yeah, because the other big one is um, Kazuma, uh, which this this threw me for a loop the first time I watched it because I'm just dumb. Uh, but um, the the thing whole thing of like Yuri uh, texting him like, "Hey, meet me at this lighthouse, and we'll you know, spend Christmas Eve together, or whatever." And then she's like imagining, yeah, that he actually does meet her, only to reveal like, "Oh no, he was never there. He was home alone." Um, still training or whatever is another just like gut punch in this episode yeah and you know she deletes the message off of his phone so he won't even know that she just that he disappointed her Mm -hmm. and yeah it's very it's it's sad you know because you get the the sad i mean again the parallel between him and and uh smile being that they're both alone one by like oh i'm you know training to become something else and then the other one just is alone (laughs) Yeah, and there's a lot of, now that I'm thinking about it, there's a lot of interesting you know, kind of parallels in how those scenes are shot, where it's like, Smile is actually alone, like all alone, and he's in the dark, whereas uh, Kazuma, when like Yurie comes home and finds him, like, you know, uh, what is he doing? He's doing like pull-ups or... He's like or, upside like, down uh, cr- cr- crunches. Uh, upside down crunches or whatever. It's all like brightly lit in his training room, and he's he's not actually alone, even though he is, but like she's there with him. Like, I think it's kind of an interesting parallel that like you see smile as someone that doesn't want to be alone like ultimately whereas you see like Cosma is someone who is okay with the life of like isolation that he's chosen for himself well and, and it's it's almost framed the same way because she's looking basically around the corner at him and i think mm-hmm. you can basically like on the left side of the screen is like where where she's pe- like the wall she's peeking from and on the right side of the screen is like another wall so it's almost framed the same way where with smile it's a doorway that he's in the middle of mm-hmm. and with him it's it's like two just two walls but yeah both of them are still framed almost exactly the same just darkness and light and it's, it's such a, a good balance of emotion because you've got all of that going on at the same time so you're going back and forth between the wonton making and the karaoke and peko passed out on the ship while like you know smile is all alone and kazuma has left yurie all alone and all this stuff um it's really good all while the kind of like it's kind of like last christmas in that it's like you know kind of like a, it's an upbeat song but ultimately like the lyrics are kind of sad yeah. where it's like you know like being all alone on christmas eve but you know they're all hanging out and having fun while singing the sad song so it, yeah like, it, it's fine yeah no, I mean like it's a nice like uh, like contrast of emotions. Like mm-hmm. the song itself yeah. has that contrast where it's like an upbeat song about something sad, and then you've got the like contrasting like Christmas eves of like the people having fun and spending time together, and the people who are all alone. Like you even got a nice like uh, small moment with um, Ota, who's the captain of the uh, Katase team, who hasn't really come up much in our discussion, but um, 
uh, like you even get a moment of him where he's like working for his family business, uh, like like a cable repair guy oh, yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and he's like on Christmas Eve, spending his time like fixing someone's TV antenna, and he like looks over into like the building next to him uh, and sees like a family having fun, and has to kind of just like sigh um, and get back to work. Yeah, because the other teammates are like, "Oh, it must be so cool having like a a family business to go into," and blah 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 and like he kind of like downplays it it's like no you don't understand like how hard it is to be like a small town appliance store and then you really see it later when it's like the consequence of being a small town appliance store is i have to be available at you know seven o'clock eight o'clock on a christmas eve to go fix a an antenna yeah and then i would be remiss not to mention that uh our favorite uh stoner uh agami comes back he's actually in i think the last episode he's at the beach and is like oh maybe the beach isn't what i wanted i'll go to the mountains yeah um and then i think he's he's like at the the same lighthouse that yurie is waiting for kazuma at and he's like this isn't the mountains and he just says to himself like maybe i'll travel abroad <laughs> god bless <laughs> um what a hero i just love him like kind of globe tropping around in this uh in these episodes like i'm just so surprised that like they made like half an an half an episode of anime original stuff in something that's already like a pretty fast adaptation of Mm -hmm. 11 episodes to 50 chapters and it still fucking works really well usually (laughs) if you get um something adapting at this pace if they add anything original it's usually like a super big problem but it works here really well and that's surprising to me yeah and it does it doesn't feel like filler like you know Naruto had the infinite filleromi and all that because I mean they were literally caught up to the manga but this doesn't feel like oh you can throw away this episode it's not you know it's something you can skip no it's like a really I mean a it's just a really good episode but b like you learn more about the characters you see uh Smile's home life you see um uh Kazuma at home you you, you see all these things so it is really kind of essential to 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 watch and you should watch it anyway because it's just a really fucking good episode. Absolutely. Yeah, this is always um, the thing that comes up as like, wow, can you believe that's not in the manga uh, when people talk about uh, the show in terms of adaptation because it is like so well-written that you would be, uh, you would expect it to be in the manga given how highly regarded it is. Um, yeah, I think it's just, it's a stunning adaptation. Um, and I think a lot of anime adaptations like have so many problems that are just like inherent to the medium and um the show uh, somehow manages to uh, get around a lot of those. Yeah, and then I guess the the big thing with this episode at the end is um, the scene with uh, Sakuma and uh, Peko, which again is really great um, in terms of like how it re like it makes you more sympathetic towards Sakuma, especially like him. Like I like that he is just uh, willing to admit like, yeah, I was being a hard ass like after um, my match with smile like i realized he was right and i chilled down a bit mm. uh after i thought about it it's like turns out being suspended from school gives you time to think through your shit <laughs> and then i like the scene where he picks peko out of the water and is like uh con- encouraging to get back into uh table tennis i also liked um right before that when um those two were talking on the bridge and every time peko would start smoking a cigarette he'd just take it and throw it yeah. right off the bridge mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is something that Smile kind of notes immediately when he comes back uh, in the last episode or whatever. And, like, he's like, oh, you've gained weight, and you smoke now. And you can see, like, Peko in the background, like, sniff his clothes to, like, see if he smells or whatever. 
Oh yeah, and there's, there's another. I think it's in this episode too, where uh, Smile's practicing with Koizumi, and Koizumi starts to light up a cigarette, and Smile was like, uh, like really curtly, like, uh, "Please don't smoke in here while I'm practicing," or something like that. Mm-hmm. Really great moment, uh, seeing him kind of getting more and more <laughs> uh, hostile. Yeah, I think I'll mention about the scene with uh, uh, Sakuma is. Um, so there's there's two scenes in the manga that make up this one scene where there's a scene of of Peko jumping off the bridge, which is actually with a completely different character that's not even in the anime. Okay. Uh, and then there's the scene at the beach um, where he's he's standing on the beach talking with Sakuma, and then he goes into the water, and then Sakuma has to go in after him to save him after he starts to drown. I like that they combine them into one scene in this one. I think the scene on the bridge works so much better uh, with um uh, Sakuma being there with him instead of the the other kind of one-off character that's in the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I like it because of like, you know, their, I think their relationship is also really interesting. Um, kind of Sakuma's kind of the third wheel between uh, Peko and Smile. So it's it's cool to have him be the one to be like, hey, you should get back into ping pong. And then the end, I don't know how well this comes across because I like, I know because I've seen it, but like, I guess it's meant to be ambiguous, right? Because like he he sees something on the wall and then he's like, oh, uh, old lady, you, you kept this or whatever, but we don't see what it is. I was just kind of maybe kind of curious how that played for y'all since you haven't seen this before. I thought it was some sort of like a word ceremony or something. Okay. I was, again, I was just curious because one of the things that's, it's hard for me to watch and not and think about it. Because they do like a very brief kind of show of like the bottom of the frame, and I think. And it's like mm-hmm. a bunch of people lined up. I thought it was like people holding up like ping pong awards or something, but don't know for sure. Gotcha. And then I like the the last line in the episode is uh, the old lady saying to Peko, like, I love you, mm-hmm. which ends up kind of being a catchphrase for her. Uh, their relationship is good, and we'll get more of that in the next couple episodes. Uh, but yeah, those are the first six episodes. Uh, so next time we will watch episodes seven through 11, the last five. Uh, kind of surprising how short this show is, given that it's adapting like 52-ish, I think, uh, chapters of manga. Uh, and how good it does at that. Uh, I made a bunch of notes, some of which I talked about just naturally, but I did make a bunch of notes um, comparing the manga and the anime that I thought were interesting, but I will save those until we've watched the whole show. Um, uh, so unless y'all got anything else to say, I think we can uh, talk about what other anime we're watching and then uh, wrap things up. I'm ready for the anime discussion. Sick. I'm going to go first. I'm just going to, jump down y'all's throat <laughs> i watched the b stars finale the season two finale earlier today my god what a show uh, <laughs> uh i won't spoil anything but man oh man it is incredibly my shit um it is so good uh they need to announce a season three already um so i don't have to worry about it but i guess in the meantime i can get caught up with the manga um which i believe is finished it's I think it's finished in um, its Japanese publication. Um, English publication still has a couple more volumes to publish. Um, but man, if you're not watching uh, Beastars, uh, you should. And I assume we'll, we'll cover it on the podcast at some point. Um, so, With you know. further evidence of your furry propaganda to go along with our Beam Saber stuff. <laughs> exactly. Which, which means I'm not going to watch Beastars until we watch it for the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, because if one of y'all don't pick it, I will probably pick at least the first season at uh, some point before long. I'm going to pick just Hopefully season anyway. two. <laughs> season two is really good. I'm just hop in there. Um, but yeah, uh, I would recommend uh, Beastars if, if people are interested. Um, 
I said I don't want to say anything specifically about the finale, but it was really, really, really good. Um, what else am I watching? Uh, let's see. There was something else I was like, oh, I gotta talk about this on the podcast. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, once again, Uma Musume, pretty derby, pretty derby season two, just killing me every week. The last episode had me in a fit. Uh, what a show. Um, I don't think it's as good as Beastars, but it, it certainly gets me emotional every week. So it's the final uh, episode tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. So I guess next, I guess next time I'll say if they stuck the landing or not, but it's, <laughs> that's really good. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. I feel like I, Oh, uh, I will, I will mention the show now that it is done, but, um, uh, Pui Pui Molkar, the show about the, uh, stop motion animated, uh, kind of like handcraft, uh, cars that are also moles uh has wrapped it's 12 episodes i think people were saying it's on netflix now mm-hmm. um i've just been watching it as it airs uh there's uh literally no words in it so you could just watch like uh raws of it if you find those on uh torrenting sites or you can watch it on netflix if you have that but it's uh they're short episodes it's very cute i love stop motion animation and i love all the craft that goes into it um and it's just like a fun thing to watch. The episodes are like two minutes a piece. You could watch all 12 in, you know, half an hour. Um, so I would recommend that. Uh, and I mentioned this to Danny uh, uh, off recording, but uh, <laughs> sadly haven't watched a single episode of Gundam since we last recorded. So I won't do my Gundam <laughs> check-in this week. The, the Gundam hole <laughs> is I, paved I over. I will make up for it by watching all of Gundam After War X between now and the next uh, episode. <laughs> Don't hold me to that. I probably fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I could try. Yeah. So, uh, what are you guys watching? Um, I wasn't watching a ton. I sort of fell off on everything that I was watching this season. What stuff I'll go back to? I'm not sure. Um, really, only new thing I started was um, I started um, Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle from like two seasons ago now. Um, yeah. All I'm gonna say is when Dogakobo hits, they fucking hit. And mm-hmm. I I love it. It's I do enjoy Slice of Life with the Gremlin main character. I, I don't really know how to um, describe it better than mm-hmm. that, but it's cute. Main character is a Gremlin. Dogakobo yeah. does know how to do their Slice of Life stuff. Um, I have some objections to uh, some of the stuff they adapt, but when they pick something good, they really fucking stick the landing. Yeah, I watched that when it was airing. It's uh, a lot of fun. I would double double down on that recommendation. Okay. And for me, I also have not been watching much. Um, this week kind of just washed over me, really, the last two weeks. I finished uh, The Promised Neverland. Can't see it, but I'm rubbing my hands. What a bizarre adaptation. So we talk about this you know, ping pong being a, a fantastic adaptation that kind of gets everything in. Off the top of my head, I think... Promised Neverland is 181 chapters about, and the from what I've read, the anime stripped out about 60 chapters in the middle of the second season. They did like a time jump. They didn't really say they did a time jump. They just did it. So that's you know a third of the anime gone, or a third of the manga gone in one soup. And then at the end of in in, in the final episode. They condense the last 30 chapters down to a clip show that lasts between 20 and 30 seconds. Um, So half of the manga is up in smoke 
which is <laughs> fucking wild. Um, I don't know if the money ran out or if it didn't sell well or what, but you would think there was enough meat on there to do another season. From what I know, it's um, like declining popularity after the manga ended. Um, I don't know how the manga is, but from what I saw online, it was um, the manga lost a lot of steam and sales and popularity at the end. So they basically went to the anime studio and was like, this is the last season you're getting of this show. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it shows. I'm not sure <laughs> if um, they told them that they needed to do a full adaptation with the second season or they were just like this is all you're getting you choose but yeah. i know it was financial reasons rather than artistic ones yeah without getting getting too into it in case someone really cares about the spoiler for it but they essentially do like they finally get what they want all along and then some of the characters are like oh no we gotta do this other thing and that other thing is not a small thing. It's literally on the scale of we have to go save the world. Like, I think they might explicitly say that. And that's when it cuts to the clip show. And it's like, what? Like, how, what the fuck did you do? Like, to set it up that way. They could have just, if they really were like, okay, we need to like kill the ending and like get it out of here. Just cut out that part. Just just have them be like, all right, well, y'all will figure this out, right? All right, see ya, or whatever. But instead, they just do this clip show. And it's not in a way where it's like, oh, we know all these characters. Clearly, they're, you know, all talking and, and making a plan or whatever. They show characters meeting with characters you've never seen who look really cool. Like, oh, wow, like they're meeting with this this dragon thing. That's awesome. Wow. I, w I hope I get to know who that is, and you don't. They just move on, uh, and then it just ends. And you're like, oh, Incredible. okay. <laughs> yeah, I was reading that uh, people didn't like the way the manga ended all that much. I saw people being like, yeah, it's just as well. It's not like it would have been great if they did adapt it properly. Um, but super bizarre that you would do... Like, even if you knew it was going to be, like, the last season, like, to go that route with it yeah seems insane yeah um there's other but, there's other fat they could have trimmed to try to sneak in one yeah. or two more episodes i think i think there may be like two episodes you could trim out yeah or just like keep it the pace you were going and if you have to end it before the actual like canonical end of the manga then like whatever like that's anime like a lot of anime end up that way where they don't adapt the full uh, source material oh if they yeah, if like people would understand if they had you know basically ended it as like okay and the adventures continue like because basically like they clearly said like they could have done that where it would have been clearly like okay they're going to do this other thing and and you know you basically have to either imagine what it'll be or, or go read the manga or whatever like that would have made perfect sense uh but instead they just did this weird thing that i've never seen before where they imagine if someone had taken the last like hundred chapters of like Naruto and put it into like two episodes in a clip show or something like that, it's like from the start of like imagine if Nar like when Naruto and Sasuke are about to fight and they just put the rest of the manga into clip shows for the last episode. <laughs> That's the kind of level we're talking about. <laughs> like it's it's bizarre. It is incredibly funny <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um. But thankfully, I started seeing the warning signs around the part where they skipped 60 chapters. It's like, okay, they cut out a third. Like, we're playing some sort of game here. 
Um, and then I think you had shared a, a a tweet with me that was like, "Wow, they really did just do that, huh?" Yeah, from uh, from the uh, of course I had to dive into the my anime list uh, episode twelve discussion forum <laughs> to see someone say a phrase was a question. Of course, did they really just adapt thirty chapters and ten pictures in twenty seconds? <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was like. I need to know everything about this finale without actually watching it uh then it was also funny to look at the episode rating poll on my anime list and see that it had a uh, 55 percent uh give it a one out of five <laughs> <laughs> which usually those polls are very generous usually the people that like something are the ones that are actually voting in it so it usually averages around three or four yeah. so yeah no <laughs> it was yeah it's basically the main conflict was resolved they they have everything they want they can leave and go be where they want to go but doing so would kind of leave another kind of parallel world in chaos so they some of the characters basically say like no we're gonna stay behind and like fix this world too which is not set up as like an easy thing to do like they have like they talk about like overthrowing kings and queens and lords of demons and all this shit oh no it's a clip show and you're like huh (laughs) what (laughs) and then the, the then the show ends um with 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 them saying i'm back Spo- spoiler alert that's the last line is i think it's like i'm back it's tadaima ah well thank you for uh your hard-hitting investigative journalism <laughs> that's what that's why i watched the entire that. two series two seasons was to uh yeah. to, to finally give this report all for the content yeah all right well that's this week in anime i guess um and totally dates the uh, weekend we're recording this um so now you know uh i guess next time we'll be watching episode 7 through 11 i already said that but i'm saying it again um finishing up ping pong that is the rest of it um as always feel free to send us your questions i didn't see anything in our uh gmail inbox for this week but you can uh as always email us at um under the anime at gmail.com uh and uh danielle did we get any um nothing on twitter either Okay. Well, you can uh, DM us or tweet at us at uh, under the Kotatsu on Twitter. Please, we'd love to like have a conversation with y'all. Yeah. So to be clear, I guess you know, send us your thoughts on Bebop. Uh, how are we uh, right, of course, and how are we wrong? And by that, I mean how are you wrong if you <laughs> disagree? And uh, I guess for context, we're recording this episode before our um, final episode on Bebop is airing. So next yeah. episode, we might have uh, to talk about Bebop more because. Our takes are pretty spicy on Bebop. Which, again, I, I, I hate to dismiss anyone's, like, opinion, but I do, honest to God, think a lot of the people who still defend Bebop have not watched Bebop in a while. You know, I'm sure there are some people who, you know, maybe they just stomach the parts that are problematic, maybe they don't care, maybe they only... When they say Bebop is good, they're talking about, like, the really good episodes, but I feel like a lot of people just have like that nostalgic little you know bit of in them for bebop because yeah it's it's not that good y'all i'm really sorry but like especially following it up with this anime oh yeah night day which one would i say for someone to like start out with definitely this oh absolutely like man i could i can imagine a world when someone watches cowboy bebop and gets turned off anime i think ping pong is one of those uh works you share with someone to like celebrate the medium as an art form it's like oh wow animation can be this like cowboy bebop's not that uh, whether you like it or not um but yeah send us your cowboy bebop thoughts send us your ping pong thoughts uh send us any thoughts we would love to answer questions or just you know uh w- share your spicy anime opinions and then we'll talk about them 
Um, who's the hottest uh, B-star in B-stars? Let me know. Um, it's uh, Louis uh, for the record, um, but there are other good choices too. And um, who knows? Maybe yeah, maybe uh, someone will say like, hey, you know, y'all really liked ping pong. Maybe you'll like such and such thing. And I don't know that we're going to take recommendations necessarily like, oh, a lot of people are requesting such and such. But, you know, it might point us towards something that we hadn't thought of. And it's like, oh, that would be a really good episode kind of thing. Yeah, let us know. I'm not saying I could be bought, but, you know, name your price. (laughs) (laughs) So, as always, uh, I am your host, Austin. You can find me at chai underscore squared on Twitter. Where can people find uh, y'all? I'm at at lesbunny with one N on Twitter. And I am at cover me in sauce. Sweet. Uh, Anybody got anything to shout out before we sign off? (sighs) Nothing this week. Uh, Take a nap. Get some rest. Yeah. It's springtime now. In some parts of the world, best yeah, time no, for a nap is this I'll spring. have like one more week of nice weather, and then it will be a, um, <laughs> you know, a desert hellscape in the summer. If, if it's warm and you're able, crack open a window, take a nap. Best sleep you'll have. <laughs> I might just, I might just do that now. I don't, I don't know. I don't like napping when the sun goes down. It's seven o'clock here, uh, and the sun's about to go. But yeah, take a nap. Treat yourself. All right, uh, Danielle, you wanna? Take us out. Gender isn't real. B crimes do gay. See y'all next time.